Welcome to the Six of Swords. This is the show about our spirituality and healing. It's the value for value role playing game show. That means that the money that you donate to this for the value for value, that means you take whatever you get out of the show, what value was it to you, you turn that into a number that's meaningful and you donate it over at occultfan.com. Now the value for value, that's that. And the role playing game part is when you donate, the amount that you donate goes into another bank account type thing. And it's kind of like Majora's Mask where you save your money in the game. But the point is, is that the money that you use, you can use to buy objects in the game and I lead you through a different adventure each time and you battle men in black and different creatures and things like that and uh, win victory for pride health circumstances much good honor upon your family sirs and women's uh, I'm gonna say that uh, you can listen to that it's usually the last Sunday of every month that show this show is uh, pretty much every week, as long as we can figure out the better. It should be like the third Sunday, I guess, that I do that if I'm doing that. This is another show, uh, besides the cups, that comes between the swords and the wands. If you're still with us here, there's four shows total. One for each element, and they're a different format for each, and they're really great. You can check them all out, and uh, best way to learn about it is just to dive into it. I'd like to say uh, thank you to my mentors in podcasting. That's obviously John C. and Adam, and also to Podcasting 2.0, MoFax. Big fans of those. Uh, and Noxmente, love to Jerry and Nishnish, as well as to Aeon Bite. That's uh, love to Vance and uh, Miguel. Is that all right? I'm 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 actually having a having a time right now. I've been listening to Sodom South Georgia. This is a, like a bunch of re-recordings for this intro. And um, for those those of you who donate to the show. <laughs> If you're interested in those uh, scrapped B-side intros, we might make those available. There's some really <laughs> keen stuff in there that I'm just like, yeah, I'm, re I'm recording adults-wise now. It's been uh, it's been interesting, guys. Uh, I'm going to get really quickly into the show compared to the other intros, but I think you know how to donate now. Those are, that's the important stuff for the show stuff itself. It's part of the ritual, and knowing that you can... Uh, you can a cult fan over at Donate. <clears throat> you can donate over at a cult fan... <laughs> It's been a real time, guys. Um, I left my relationship. It was something that was extremely hard, and that's been like a whole thing of my life. And now I'm quitting smoking, <laughs> like weed even. I, I quit cannabis the other day, not to mention after my car got hit. Is this a country song? I literally just went through a country song. I literally did. Um, it's a lot of changes going on. There's great astrologers out there um, that help me out, like uh, Gigi and Molly McCord, and talk about the uh, evolution that our souls go through, which is why Caroline Green is our guest tonight, because she is up to snuff on all that par. She is a, uh, it's not fair to say a relationship astrologer, but she knows, astrologer, 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 and she knows that stuff, though, and she's real good at it, and she has an intuitive knack for it, and she's really, the well, we go through this, like, I you know, just watched Gerald Salente's thing where he's holding the rally on May 29th in Kingston. Last time I was out there to see him was back in 2016, so around the same time of year. So fate calls, doesn't it? What it is is that we are going to learn in this show tonight how useful astrology is. And if you're already into astrology, you already know that. You know, if it's Austin Coffin listening, yay! He's like, hey, he talked about me. If he even listens. Are you listening, Austin? The idea is that... She's gonna talk about stuff that's good for uh, new and pro. We don't we don't get into like bounds and dignities and terms and stuff like that. Uh, we just talk about a lot of different applications and experiences and examples that are all really interesting and worth your time. And 
Uh, if it is worth your time, talent and treasure, again, donate over at occultfan.com. I am trying to fit in the uh, essence of what I was saying. My, my point is, is there's a lot of transformation going on right now, and I can understand from other people's point of views now just like how I, a year ago, even more empathetic than I was, and also way more badass than I was. I am growing up, and in all of the senses, emotionally, physically, spiritually, I just took my fourth degree in Rosicrucianism. Uh, in the show, I mentioned, I'm like, she's like, oh, no, because Molly mentions and uh, Caroline mentions, like, there, there's going to be different things that are exposed to you over the next, like, year and a half. Like, we're all going through big, uh, big changes. And I was like, well, you know, I, I might, like, choose to leave some of the groups that I've joined if they know, if they do not um, hold the promise that they need to hold to keep me interested. And I am, um, I consider myself ultimately, I know that God is good. I know that we are all, um, this is not the only time that we're here. So this is not the only life that we're here. And your actions have consequences overall. And you can, you know, work on healing all the lives that you've lived here. But the main thing is for this one right now, we need to have courage. We need to have wisdom. We need to band together those of us who are interested in freedom. The bifurcation, the great turn is happening. And it's mitosis. And we have to calculate calculate our steps away from the um, machine because um, they know where we've been in the pipeline. You know what I'm saying? Pink Floyd lyrics to welcome to the machine for those who are not on my stoner wavelength. And oh my God, am I even a stoner right now? I have felt so many emotions in the past few days that I thought I had dealt with stuff. And even like, even now I'm still like having a hard time. I'll be honest with y'all. But it's all right. I know that I'm eternal and I can share this experience, this experience with you. And I hope that if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, this is a show about art, spirituality, and healing. I come from a line of men who died for the founding of the freedom of this country. Imperfect as it is, it is a republic and it is a wonderful country. And I am, as far as the, the, the mytho play and the platonic cave of shadows and veils is arranged so that I may impose my will upon the archetypal beings and patterns around us. This world is a good world. This country is a wonderful country. If you believed in weapons of mass destruction, then you got fooled and you were like, oh shit, fool me once, shame on, sh sh shame on, we all up, then you didn't believe in the weapons of mass destruction, good, but then you tell me that there's a new virus under the sun. Y'all right. All I hear is the deceiver. Like the Fear Inoculum lyrics by Tool. Fear Inoculum. Look it up. Six of Cups on it. All I hear is the deceiver saying, and laughing at you, Mission accomplished. And with that, let's get into the show with Caroline. Aw, yeah. Hey, welcome back to the Six of Swords. This is the show about art, spirituality, and healing. And we bring you the best guests every single time. Almost every single time. But definitely this time. This is a show about art, spirituality, and healing, and it is a value for value role playing game show. The value for value is brought to you by the pioneers of No Agenda and MoFax and Podcasting 2.0. And shout out to my other podcast friends and family, such as Aeon Bite and Nox Mente. 
And uh, that's all the top of the show stuff. Uh, you guys know this is a show about art, spirituality, and healing, and we parlay it into the Six of Cups for a roundtable and then into the Six of Wands where those who donate to the show, the amount that you donate not only shows what you value the show to be. You take it, you turn it into whatever value you got, and you turn it into a valuable number that means something to you, and you donate it over at occultfan.com. That amount gets another life in the value for value role playing game where you can use the money that you donate to buy weapons, potions, spells, and other things in the role playing game that I host for the third show, the Six of Wands, which is live. And the final is the solo show, the Six of Discs, where not only do I talk about whatever the hell I want to, but I also will be focusing more on earthworks and going to earthworks places for this show is special, like the Bridgewater Triangle and other mystical areas. So that's part of what's coming up for the Six of Discs. But tonight, this is the one-on-one -on -one interview show that is focused entirely on art, spirituality, and healing and other evolutionary topics like that, because that's how we do. And there's only one way, and it's to spiral up. And so this is our guest, Carolyn Green, Carol Line Green. Stick the landing, start it off right. Caroline Green. And she is the spiritual empath, and she's an intuitive psychic based in Los Angeles, California. She helps work people one on work with people one on one all over the world and helps them shed light on their past and present to make more empowered decisions in their future. Carolyn Love Caroline Line. I'm going to Caroline. Y'all will know it by the end of this, too. This is how we learn. Ugh, I'm glad I'm the one getting like a vault. Caroline loves studying and teaching theosophy occult arts and sciences and focuses on sacred romance and intimacy in her practice. Carolyn, welcome to the six. Caroline, welcome to the six of swords. Awesome. I'm so happy to be here. I got it right the third time. And that's the timeline. There we go. Time, Caroline. All right. Well, yeah, I'm happy for you to be here too. Um, you're a life path nine. I hope I can say I'm a humble life path seven. So lowly little mystical me. But uh, you're in Life Path 9, and uh, today is actually a, a nine day for me in my time gnosis, which is basically the Saturn square of nine utilizing to measure your time. So it, it's a very appropriate way to st um, start this off. But as I go to flip the record, why don't you tell some of the audience or all of them, if they're really listening, come on now, guys, listen, tell them about yourself and what got you into um you know, astrology from your earlier, because that's a big part of this. And maybe uh, to some of the newer people listening who might not be super familiar, um, what's an example that showed the uh, the profane to astrology, Caroline, that it worked? So maybe work that into your, your intro. Yeah, awesome. So a little bit about myself. I actually grew up on the East Coast and lived, lived there most of my life, but I was a hermit mystic. I loved studying everything spiritual and was very into meditation and just really getting to know myself more and awoken to the fact that I was an empath probably in my early 20s and really started to step more into the power of being a healer, being very intuitive and how I could use that in a way to 
support myself, but also serve other people and just create more of a sense of service in my life. So at the time I was working in finance, I was really into the corporate world, a lot of structure in my life, but I also at the, at the same time was awakening so much to my psychic senses. Uh, after work, I would go to energy healers and understand myself. I would be studying astrology. I was reading so much and just remembering more actually of all the wisdom that I had learned in previous lifetimes. Yeah. Cause but Plato also, says, Plato says something to the effect that like all learning is remembering really. It's basically something to that effect. Exactly. Uh, yeah. The same, the same guy who wrote about Atlantis, of course. So keep going. Yeah. And I actually cho chose my parents in this life to help them. They helped me preserve a lot of the knowledge because I was exposed to Rudolf Steiner at a young age, as well as Edgar Casey. I was uh, always amazing. being asked, what does it mean to listen to your heart? Like, what is your gut telling you? So they really helped preserve a lot of this knowledge because I actually came to earth pretty quickly <laughs> from my most previous incarnation. And so I kind of feel like I'm have connected a lot of the dots in terms of awesome. what I, my intention is in this life. And it really is all about service and healing and really helping people awaken. So I had gotten into astrology more in depth, probably like five or six years ago. And it, it really helped me utilize all my technical skills, my scientific knowledge of analysis, but also really understanding myself and helping people understand themselves too. So when I started understanding things like my moon placement and how that was really indicative of a lot of my suffering and trauma and pain, I was like, whoa, like we, everyone needs to understand what their natal chart is because when you can really see and validate a lot of your experiences and your desires and your wishes and your career path, it really just helps you bring a lot of, I think, comfort and presence into where you are and to better help you understand your identity here on earth. So then you can start to move into other learnings and teachings within the occult sciences and arts, mm. as well as developing your intuition. Because before you even get into something like awakening your psychic senses, you really have to understand yourself. And astrology is a great tool to help you do that. That was an awesome start um, because I think a lot of the people... I try to bridge the gap between people who are seasoned magicians and I have the ability to bring that knowledge also to bring something that's valuable to those coming in. The idea is that these are people who are going to be listening to like No Agenda, Mark Passio, things like that. Uh, and these are more kind of like assertive masculine things where the, the spiritual can often be very uh, feminine. But these are also more like mainstream people too, to a degree, even though like it's about as least mainstream as it gets. But I was, I was, I was saying this all for the fact that I did a uh, donation note to MoFax and it's a kind of African-American interest show with Adam Curry, but it's all of our interest and it's why I donate so much money to there. And you guys can donate to a cult fan at a cult fan.com. Remember that money you donate to me is probably going to go right back to MoFax and Adam anyways. But I said, uh, note, uh, Caroline, that, uh, and this is, you know, regular-ish people, but, you know, Adam Curry's also kind of, like, famous, so that does weird stuff to you, but he said, um, when I said that you need to understand the symbols and the astrology, basically, Adam himself, and this is why I bring this in, because, you know, uh, appeal to authority, but it's uh, figuratively uh, efficacious, uh, the, um, Adam Curry himself said, yeah, I believe that, when he, when we were talking about, when I mentioned in the note, the uh, essential nature of understanding the planets and the symbols and their effect on your consciousness for your evolution. And at, my point is to bring this in here because Adam said like, yes, I agree with that. And that's huge when, um, you know, it's, it's 
it's basically one thing you learn in rhetoric that like you have to say who you are and why you're credible for talking at the front of like everything it's like i'm this person and this is why you're listening to me and that's just the thing that humans do so your intro was like you threw me like an awesome like the baseball turned into a watermelon and i'm like all right let's just use the adam curry proof that this is wicked valuable stuff let's keep you with us guys this is actually the more you are exposed to what uh, i think by the end of the show uh we're gonna probably have like a 90% conversion from, well, that was useless to, wow, uh, this is exactly what I need to uh, add the greatest amount of bonus spin points to my life or something. So let's start off with, uh, you talked about, let's, uh, let's start, I mean, you, you probably have more than enough things, but you mentioned your Aries moon. And I like the, I like starting with the moon because I'm obsessed with my 28 degree Leo moon and your moon and my moon we're we're poised to be like good friends i'd say mm-hmm. just by like so why don't you tell people what i'm talking about what's the moon add what trines is and whatever you want don't let me tell yeah. so what i think is really great about understanding your moon sign is your moon can be either the the place where you get trapped in your pain and your trauma and challenges or you can look at them work alongside with the energy of the moon to help heal and transmute them so you can then access higher wisdom from other spheres of consciousness the the moon can really keep us trapped or we can work in tandem with it uh, because it is our emotional world it is our inner self it is who we are when we're you know at home watching tv in our sweatpants it's the our wounds, but it also is who we are in relationships because relationships are emotional. Well, that person that sits there in the sweatpants is who you bring to the relationship when everyone pairs it down and stops looking like that. The person who's there, that's that. And I'll say just to the listener, I'm, I didn't set this up the right way. Just in case you didn't know where the sun is, that's your, your solar return. That's your birthday. That's where the sun was. So the moon was in the sky at a certain point. And that's where the sun, we're always looking at the sun because the sun glyph even looks like an eye, but it's so obvious that we all use it and the sun just rose for easter but the moon is the internal and it's obviously since it's hidden we don't you don't talk about it as much so that's what the moon is and i think i've said enough to set that up now yeah that's a great explanation of it because the moon has also that hidden wisdom and knowledge that we need to be able to express ourselves to the highest attributes of the sun so we have to work with both of them and so when we can understand Um, maybe more of the negative tendencies of ourselves, where we can be very impulsive, our shadow, our wounds, our inner pains, we can then, you know, look at them from a place of, okay, I acknowledge this is how I act sometimes, especially in relationships, this is what really ticks me or makes me very irritable and work with that. Because most people are walking around with no idea of what their pain is, and then they end up attracting relationships to, to help heal that. And so that's why the moon understanding the archetype, the placement, the transits, as well as the aspects it makes in your chart can paint a beautiful story of your life. Yeah, because I have your Edgar Casey right here, how you were, I have the Casey and the Rudolf Steiner, how you mentioned that. That's a, we're going to get into that down the line, but like, man, um, (laughs) this, you guys really are getting a lot of value right now. Uh, She is yeah keep going you are you are really talented at what you do and that's not my libra giving you okay it totally is but it's also true well i'm a libra rising so we hit it off well and yeah so i think your moon sign also the house placement is going to give a lot of indication of where you may 
put a lot of emotional energy in your life too. And it's interesting. Like my moon is in my seventh house. So my relationships are a huge focus of my life as well as also where I learn a lot of lessons and I'm healing a lot of wounds too. Mm. As I've been able to understand that and kind of zoom out and look at myself as a third party and be the observer, I'm like, okay, you know, like these are your tendencies. And I also, a great example of what an aspect is, is looking at if there are any things like um, trines, meaning it's in the same element. So like you and I both have our moons in fire signs. By so one deg- by one degree even. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's such a supportive energy in relationships when you have a trine, whether it's a friend, an intimate partner, even a teacher, like a, any sort of authority, a figure in your life, trines are really supportive energy because there's just a level of understanding, especially with the moons, because like you have some people who, you know, can be more impulsive in their speaking or their way of dealing with emotions. And that's something like I've had to work through. I also have my Mars right on my moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned to have to really pull in the reins and slow down because if I, you know, don't work through it or am very impulsive, I end up setting myself up to be in a fire. Yep. No, that's, that's, that's a good way to put it. We all have, we all have done that. And ooh, um, yeah, and I'll tell you what too. Um, it's Mercury in Aries right now, so you really have that. You really have to be focusing on that. I think we all do, especially. Yep, and the Moon sign can show a lot about like what your emotional needs are in a relationship too. Because we're human, we have at the end of the day, like we have emotions, and that's one yeah. of the most powerful things we can do here on earth is feel high vibrations of things like love and ecstasy, but also have to work with things like anger and frustration. And your moon sign can show a lot of those tendencies because if the moon is in an earth sign, the way you deal with emotions is going to be very different than someone who say is like in a water sign. Oh yeah. And, mm -hmm. um, And so I think that's why the moon is really important. And also looking at what house in your chart is ruled by the moon. So like Mm. my 10th house, my career is ruled by the moon. And like everything I do is emotional healing. I'm working with people's traumas all the time and just trying to help them understand their own emotions. Because astrology for like, again, for beginner issues is, and maybe even saying it to a different way to like the, the skilled classical seasonal people, like it's, it's a, it's a metaphor bank. It's basically like an analogy system. It's like this symbol is going to represent this like one seventh of life or whatever, this one twelfth, depending on which amount of rays and stuff you're using. But yeah. uh, it's it's an anal- so for people listening to this like that's that's I I find I've just completed my first I I finally I think I passed I, I got the word from my teacher that I passed my first year of astrology so I thank you yeah he's a great teacher we have we are spoiled with teachers like uh, Austin like uh, and, and and people that are really good at astrology uh, or just at spirituality I want to throw out the names like um uh gg young for example so we can briefly touch on this the show is about caroline though not gg <laughs> so anyways yeah I, I was just like well what what just happened there anyways that was all me that's this that's me being plenty of fun my leo moon of course uh makes me you know god am i the most egotistical moon is that is that true can i say that is that am i, I don't the- know like i think the fixed signs bring a certain nature and in, in- when they're a moon sign is in a fixed sign rather compared okay. to you know the cardinal sign huh. um you know you may have like 
a lot of rather you understand a lot of what your needs are in a relationship or what your how you deal with emotions can be I would say maybe the lower nature that could be stubborn or resistant to change because you yeah. know this is how I feel or this is what I really want so you right. may attract people who have more of a mutable energy to help balance that out and this is where relationship astrology can be very powerful and I Wicked. would say insightful rather for individuals and couples to look at how their aspects um you know what kind of story it tells honestly. yeah because then you like, know how to be around each other like yeah. it's, it's like a whole codex it's like giving yourself the map to your partner yeah exactly and it can kind of give a blueprint a little bit of understanding well there's many ways relationship astrology we can just look at say two moons together and mm -hmm. what what kind of energies they may bring um and what the lessons are, you know, what are they trying? Why did I attract them? Mm -hmm. What are they trying to show me and teach me? Because every planet plays a story in relationships. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, the moon, though, is really when you get into more of the deep, intimate part, when you get to know each other and confront your challenges. It's also when you're fighting. Because like mm -hmm. fighting is very an intimate energy. You're yeah. showing each other what your raw trauma, your challenges, you know, the lower nature of us. And so when we can see like, you know, as I've really gotten into the Aries moon, I've been able to tap into the higher nature of that. I used to definitely be like way more impulsive in my relationships, I think, like not as much. Mm, I have to my Taurus Mercury's right there at 27 degrees, but I would say, um, I'd be like, oh, this is exactly how I feel. But then I sweep it under the rug and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I didn't even process that. And that's that Aries tendency of like, let's just keep going. Yeah. Um, My dad's so an Aries. So yeah. <laughs> oh, we got in, we got into it yesterday on Easter. Cause I like, he's a, he's a, he's a pastor. And it's like, dad, I finally accept that Jesus Christ was an actual person that came to earth and died. Cause you know, Gigi really did that for me with the sun thing. I mean, yeah. I, but like, there's all this other stuff I'm learning right now, like, especially about Buddha, Ahura Mazda and uh, Zoroaster. And uh, these, these were all instances where God came in the form of a man, but my dad could only accept that one Jeebus came. So, oh yeah. Well, he, and it's interesting. He I, don't know, I mean, that's like such a fixed, more stubborn energy than Aries, but Aries also the higher nature, what I was saying of it, it is um, leading with intuition. And that is when, when we can look at different types of astrology aside from Western and move more up into esoteric where actually Aries is ruled by Mercury because it's using your higher intelligence to take action in your life. So I've mm -hmm. been able to really tap into that over the past couple of years, especially with my progressed moon in Aries and been able to lead more in intuition. Um, and so the, the big story here is like when you can understand the archetypes and the symbology behind the different constellations, you can really kind of like take a little control back from your life and yeah, realize exactly. that you have the power to decide how you want to react, how you want to speak and, and validate yourself in many ways. Since there's a lot of people right. walking around who are like, these are what my needs are, but maybe that's not okay. Maybe I should want something else. Right. Yeah, that's a big people. one. Maybe they should want yeah. something. They should, they're not allowed to want what they want in their own head, yeah. right? No, and, and for my dad, just to, to be clear about that, no, he, 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 in the way it was Aries, it was just like, he was very unconscious, lower, impulsively, you know, uh, I agree with the, I'm glad you said that because Aries acting consciously in the higher sense is very conscientious or very intuitive. 
which is uh, maybe it's some of that Pisces rubbing off or something. But yeah, it's the lower nature of Mars because Aries is ruled by Mars. That lower nature is it's active. It's the fighter. It's impulsive. It can be very, um, uh, I guess irritable. I mean, that's any moon sign more. So I would say, I think impulsive is such a great word. for. That was just my, that's my dad's sun sign. My dad's born. This is weird. The no agenda show is kind of like plays a lot into my life. And I'll just add this that, uh, because it's John C. Dvorak's birthday as we record on April 5th today. And John C is kind of seen as the dad, even this is the whole thing in the show. Uh, and Adam's Adam's not the dad, but, uh, John's born a week before my dad. And Adam's born like a week after my mom. So it's really weird timing. And the third final part, John's son, born the same day as me. So wow. it's, it's yeah, it's just things meant to happen. So yeah, no, but yeah, these are Aries sons. Uh, and my dad's moon's like, uh, I don't even know what my dad's moon is right now. Anyways, so Aries. <laughs> well, the moon, moon. And also when you are looking at your moon, you can look at the rulership. Okay. So like I was saying, Mars, or in your case, the sun. What's so- the higher, what's the esoteric? Okay, well, um, start with what you're saying, because I'm going to ask you what the esoteric one is afterwards for Leo. But go ahead with the sun. It's the sun. It's still the sun. <laughs> it is still the sun. So the rulership, um, well, and just kind of branching off of that and with the moon is in esoteric astrology. And I think people, as they actually, you know, tap into higher worlds and understanding, you know, life beyond here on earth right. and want to bring more of their soul into their body. That's when esoteric astrology is great. Cause it does, it's a step stone. I would say off of Western or Eastern astrology, whatever you're using, because it shows you, it shows how to express your soul here on earth. And so esoteric astrology refers to the moon as the prison of the soul or the nemesis oh. of the soul, because very Gnostic. it's very, our, uh... <laughs> our moon, the moon at the end of the day, it is our emotions. It's our trauma. It's our challenges. And the soul's like, can you just work through this so we can come down? Can you learn to manage your emotions? So when we can you know, work in tandem with the moon, we can then access more of, you know, our higher consciousness ultimately. But first we have to understand what our spiritual handicaps are. And that's where the moon sign is going to say a lot. Do you think you chose to come in as a Taurus because the moon and do all this moon stuff because the moon is exalted in Taurus? So I have a Taurus sun, Aries moon. Right. No, I know that. But again, like the connection, like your sun sign is where the moon is well met. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And also my, I don't know. I mean, I I have my south node in Taurus. So I also know that I'm actually um, doing a lot of past life work. Like my most recent life was very close, like I'd mentioned to this one. So there's a lot of emotional healing from my most previous lifetime. How many years did it take you to pass between the one life until you were born in whatever time you were? That's your own business for this for now. Uh, let me let me see here. Um, I've learned in certain uh, in certain um, things that I do that like there's a certain amount of time that's usually required to wait between lives. That's the reason I'm asking. Really? I, what do I know? I'm, I'm in this time right now. I, I have read that there's certain amounts and like it equals like certain cycle, cyclical things, but uh, that's why I was wondering what you, you said it was pretty quick from your last one until this one. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, within, I mean, I think it was like within well, 10 years. I have no idea. I don't create the rules. I honestly don't. I do not. Well, 
and the, this is where the quantum go ahead the quantum field is sort of wonky with times you know like that's why quote that quote that someone clip that the quantum field is one that's a great quote what you just said i agree with you it's like and even i do past life readings i work a lot with past lives and then you know we get time frames but it's more so about the era and the period because there can be some overlaps and um, but past lives is another topic, but it ties into astrology a little bit with the South node right, and your right. 12th house and your eighth house. Our, our nodes are flipped. Mine's, uh, mine's in uh, Scorpio and Taurus and yours is in Scorpio and Taurus, but uh, my North nodes in Taurus at, on the Pleiades. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Because the Taurus constellation and the Pleiades are like together right mine's on the anoretic degree uh, of taurus so it's like right there on the pleiades i guess and i don't know if that makes me like someone who's supposed to be going towards that kind of stuff or what i don't, mm. I, don't know. I think also taurus you know we know taurus is being ruled by venus and actually we could talk about venus because venus and the moon relationships is all great but yeah no, let's let's we'll get into Venus when you want to. Um, we could just transition into that. I don't think it's going to kill the the listener to like if we drop from the the node talk for a quick minute. Um, well, what I could say about the Taurus is we know it's ruled by Venus traditionally, yes. but we can also look at Vulcan. Yeah, Vulcan's a mind trip, and of course, that's uh, for people who know. There's an esoteric hidden planet called Vulcan, and uh, of course, that's where uh, Leonard Nimoy. Uh, of boston uh spock is obviously said to be a vulcan i've always wondered if the vulcans weren't you know like Gigi talks about how the grays are here to harvest us for our dna because they took the wrong timeline and they're time traveling humans that be and i believe that that's basically what the gray is i think and i'm just wondering if like uh the vulcans are related to the grays but uh you know what i mean maybe because vulcan also helps us bring all of those subconscious patterns to our forefront to transform because Vulcan is all about transformation and helps us ultimately clean up our energy fields. Is that to, not Pluto? Is that the same thing as Pluto in a way? A little, I, they're, they, they're close. I mean, I, mean? I think though Vulcan is also helping you build out your passions into physical form because okay. Taurus is the physical. And so it's like bringing down cosmic consciousness and, put building something that's why so many Tauruses are artists mm. um they work in farming they work in you know they're painters they work in fashion and luxury they're actually working with the material world right. but they're channeling higher consciousness and forming into something that's why we have so many beautiful churches around the world and a lot of Tauruses designed those because what they were they were bringing in higher consciousness to what Vulcan did, this is better to say, Vulcan would take raw matter and turn it into something with fire and power and strength and shape it into something that was pract of practical use. Right, because that was Hephaestus. Yeah. So that's why we can also look at Vulcan when studying the archetype of Taurus. Um, that makes sense. It's all about transformation. Yeah, I mean, and that's why... Taurus and Scorpio are on the same axis because it is about transformation. And Which is, is weird because you think about Taurus as a very fixed, like, it's like, now I'm Taurus. Now I'm staying as Taurus. Taurus forever. Uh, <laughs> Rick and Morty forever. It's, it feels like that a little bit. And um, the Scorpio is also, like, fixed forever in the way that, like, you done messed with me. Now I'm going to end you. That's Scorpio, I guess. I don't know. I don't mess with Scorpios for that reason. Of course. 
I have Pluto at zero, zero degrees in Scorpio. So I think that I'm well met as a Scorpionic personality myself. I, uh, yeah, I resonate a lot with Scorpio too, because it's my North node. I have yeah. my Pluto there, Jupiter, and I also have a lot of eighth house energy. So yeah, like we love the occult. We love hidden wisdom and knowledge. Um, I would say Pluto though, you mentioned how it's a little different than Vulcan is more about really like the death of old structure. Oh yeah. No, I, I feel like Pluto's like the, the energy is like, this is happening. Exactly. Like that. It's that, so that, intense. It's, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, oh man, I could give an example that like makes so much sense, but it's like even way too like primal for me right now. I'm just saying like, yeah, there's, there's, this is like, this is happening. Like, it's like, that's Pluto to me. And um, I have it at zero, zero degrees where it's in its rulership. So like, I feel like I came here to really embody some plutonic shit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I feel the same way. Um, yep. Well, we're lot. on the same sign. I love that. You're like in, you're on my team in this life. You're one of the yeah. very, you're on, you're on team Pluto Scorpio. Yep, definitely. And I have def felt the heat of it for sure throughout, you know, transits. And this is where, when we can see what's happening in the sky currently and how it's impacting your chart can also indicate a lot of what you may be experiencing or really how to work um, in tandem with the cosmos to harness your high potential, your highest potential. That's why a lot of people, I think, try to go to astrology at first because, you know, we had all these different, you know, densities within the astrology community um, because it's not about good or bad. It's really just about more so understanding a lot of your energy and why you chose to come into earth at that time. So when you can see things like the heavy plutonian energy like you're really here to like let go of, of a lot of ways of living it can be end of a karmic cycle in your soul's evolution here on earth or or the start of a new one well i think that i'm here to like definitely bridge the gap between the two places since like this is what the meat of the show is let's just be so like for example like i am obviously born on a equinox uh, and I'm obviously born on the moon that caused the great American eclipse, which is symbolic AF. And that's 28 Leo. That was August 21st, 2017, uh, when all the birds stopped chirping and shit. And uh, then uh, I'm born with that Pluto. So those three things there to me really indicate that, like, I came here to bridge the gap between the old way of being and the new and hopefully uh, to eradicate as much corruption as possible. Uh, I detest corruption like with a firm, um, vicious passion. I think that the, 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 the Libra is the balance of justice. And I came here to serve as some kind of like fatalistic judge. Mm -hmm. I, I'm just painting a picture from these things, but like, this is the stuff that you can do with astrology. Like, uh, Adam Curry's charts, like completely lit and both Adam and John have Leo moons. Like I do. Hmm. Yeah. So what house is your moon in? My house is in freaking sixth house. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the sixth house is all about our day-to-day -day routines and our health and our structures, but it's also, it's a really healing house too, because it shows what, what activities environment the soul wants to work through. Okay. And um, you're at the, also from one perspective, you're helping like remove separation here on earth between people and trying to bring more wholeness into the world. I'd like that. 
and unify people's lower and higher selves. Yep. I mean, there's no, there's no perfection ever, but like we can do so much better, so much better. I still flip people off and stuff. So it's not like I'm better than it. I still flip people off. I still, we all, we don't need to use that example, but we all have lower things that come and go And it. There's no getting away from that. Perfection is a way to make you stop trying. Right. Okay, and then just let's, for our, all of our Leo friends, which we know is also how you're conveying illumination in life through being your most authentic self. And Did you see what just happened when you said that? <laughs> this, no. I, I stepped right into the light as like she says. There you go. It illuminates you. And, I, go ahead. And this is how like in, I know in esoteric astrology, there's kind of the, the contrast between the two lions the ones who are the natural born leaders and are being their authentic selves and showing other people how to live and embody their truth. But then there's the lower nature of the lion, which is like, it's all about me. I want to be in the limelight. Um, You know, you, we have to find the balance between being the person that everybody loves and being a great leader. Like Leo's I know so many Leos because it's my 11th house. It's my house of friendships and communities. And they're always challenging me because <laughs> they square my Taurus son. And my Taurus son's like, we're not changing. And Leo's like, yeah, you are. <laughs> I see that. The, uh, the, uh, oh, am I, did the thing just, okay. Yeah, no, um, Leo, Leo uh, I was describing Leo uh, high and low to uh, some someone earlier, and it was that I was like, Mufasa and Simba represent the higher, and Scar really represents the lower, and that's why they drew that. That's why they did them that way, is so that they would represent those dualistic aspects of a uh, astro cosmology. So Mufasa and Simba represent the good, uh, the good Leo. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. That's a good example. It's really, it really is <laughs> only because, I mean, it's a really good, it's like examples are things that we can use from pop culture. For example, that's a really good example. Um, so what do you end up doing to solve the squaring of the Leo and the Taurus? What do you end up doing for that? Um, I work a lot with the, the nature of my fire. I mean, I have that Aries energy, which is creative and passionate and exciting and fun but then I have the balance of my Taurus energy which is really methodical it's slow and steady but I will say when I'm challenged it's always it's the people I track who are Leos I love every single Leo I've ever met they have challenged me to let go of something because also Taurus is my south node Mm -hmm. and that's where that stubborn like oh but I'm so used to doing it this way or like why would I ever want to do anything different they're actually here to really push me into my um, Pluto North node. That's what I have found over the years. I was like, why was that so hard? Whether it was a conversation or letting, even letting people go. And it's because they're like, we're here to help catalyze you to change. Always, always to help me come in a greater measure of myself though. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to talk a little bit on the moon phases with you as, uh, as we go into this, because obviously like magical orders, like the OTO, and other or, or orders that you know, I'll, we're all adults here, and I'll definitely have the explicit. This might be the first one I don't swear on. Never mind. I'll now, now I'll find a way. I probably already did swear actually, so I'll put the explicit anyways. But the point is, it's sex magic. You have these different kinds of kalas. These are the different phases of the moon that charge the ions and cell salts. This is really cool stuff. Like the hormones of the woman. There's like 28 or 29 different 
women in every month when they churn through their cycle. So each of these different uh, lunar secretions, because I'm obviously not in those clubs, but I'm not against it either. It just kind of feels weird sometimes, but you know, whatever. Those kind of different um, atomic structures, each of them, and this is like a woman, like holy crap, the, the, a hidden power of the men are just like in the world. Like women are freaking amazing. Anyway, so each day, like these different kinds of like discharges will be used in these magical rites. So therefore, even on that lower level, there's something different about every single of the 28, 29 days of the moon. I want you to talk about that and talk about the way that people can pay attention, even men, to the cycles of going from the, you know, just talk about the the, the waxing and the waning and the, um, you know, some examples that come to mind and just different things that inspire you related to this, as well as how that relates to the tides. Because I like to say that the moon is how the ocean breathes. So, yeah. That's so interesting. The moon is such a hot topic lately. So many people are asking me about the moon and I personally have not, I don't follow the lunar cycles as a woman, but I know always where the moon is, of course, astrology. Mm -hmm. And I think where we can look to see is when we're more of the creator, when we're releasing certain energy, when we can be more in a yin phase when we, when we can take action and we can see that not just reflected in women, but also like you were saying in the tides, because like with gravity and science and understanding the physics of the planetary spheres, we can see how thing, the cycles change within the oceans as well. Right. Um, when there's more heightened reactions, more times of sensitivity, more times of um, creation and, and like having action, but that has to normally come what? come after rather a period of introspection that yin phase um going within and allowing ideas to come through us so i think like the lunar phase it's got to it's got to really stick and resonate with you because you can also use it as a tool to help you understand what's triggering you Mm. what sign is the moon in when i have those more challenging days absolutely Um, and that can go for everybody. Like I find the days where you're, the moon is squaring your moon, you're going to be challenged normally in some sort of way. And so when you can kind of work with that energy, I think it just helps you bring more, bring you more in the present moment and just like lighten your load. Humans can put so much pressure on themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get oh, yeah. done. I'm like, you're just being challenged to really let something go today. And it could just be a habit that you need to rewire. Quitting cannabis right now, literally for myself, I have been in such an emotional state. I thought I had processed stuff. And now that my drug, my, my, my binky of my drugs are gone. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's geez, you know, it's been intense. It's yeah. uh, because I haven't been drug free for like seven or eight years now. So like, this is really like, I'm raw as fuck right now. Oh, there it is. I swore. Okay. Well, and also you could look at your eighth house to see um, of what are things you need to be like purging and releasing in this lifetime too. Okay. That's my sun at zero, zero degrees in my uh, freaking Venus, which is going to get uh, hit by um, like a whole bunch of, uh, of that uh, plutonic stuff going on at the 26 degree there. So uh, yeah, no, I, I got 26 Venus in, in, a, in, a, in a cardinal sign. So those are the things in my eighth house or my, my sun and Venus. 
So actually with Pluto squaring that right now and for a while, let go. Yeah. It's going to hit you a few times, like over the next year, especially you'll probably Pluto and Pluto and Saturn. I'm getting, cause I have 13 degrees Saturn in Scorpio. I have it direct on the freaking thing. So um, yeah, but we'll talk about that. I want to talk about the 26 uh, that you're saying right now though. Go ahead. Yeah, that's well. Okay. So from one perspective, when Pluto comes into any sort of aspect in your chart, you are going to be having a purge so much. And normally it's not just from this lifetime. Most people don't, you don't need to go through your past lives to understand that, but it feels so heavy. And sometimes it's when our biggest fears come up um, and just old tendencies that your soul's like, we need to let this go so we can start to express itself in a new form and start right. cycle. So right. when it hits any sort of like your relationship houses or your love planets, something in your love life is going to change it, Wait, it's so like your girlfriend will just like this is this is this is where you're going to be a saint with me when i interrupt you like i do now because now i'm just being an asshole um but so that's like when your girlfriend just blocks you on valentine's day for example yeah yeah <coughs> I mean, would, also a lot of like martian energy in there some impulsive nature but self-destructive um, tendencies for yeah. some people yeah no and definitely I- without a doubt I've seen a lot of times when Pluto hits any sort of relationship house, yeah. there's, there's some sort of attachment that has to be released and that doesn't release the yeah, breakups for instance, but also sometimes it can just be a tendency of you, how you're acting in a relationship right. that's got to be completely reworked. Astrology is um, poetry, right? So it's like, it will come through for some people in one way, like a breakup and in other ways it will be like your wife or husband makes it very clear you need to change. Yeah. And it depends on the stages too. Uh, and same with Pluto transiting any of your houses. Cause it's always going to be hanging out in house, even if it's not really making any aspects to one of your planets and Pluto is a slow moving planet. So it's going to be doing some really, um, more karmic work, I would say. So the stuff that comes up that emotional upheaval has to do more probably on a soul level with, your soul's evolution or what it's doing here on earth in this incarnation. Maybe it's like, this is the eighth lifetime of doing some sort of karmic cycle. And it's like, we're done. We are cutting ties. It's a Pluto return. Excuse me. It's a merit. You are so professional. I'm so impressed. Um, I really am. She's very professional. This is absurd. Um, I'm, I'm, I guess I make everyone look good though. When I'm, when I'm just like this, like blah kind of guy. So, Hey, everyone come, come on my show and look good. Um, yeah, we're having the American Pluto return on, uh, whatever it's coming up, uh, in the next couple of years, uh, Molly McCord. Oh, that's the other one I wanted to mention. Uh, she is uh, talking about how we're going to be going through the American revolution in 2022 to 2024, basically. So yep. these are all big, big change times. You need to keep China out, keep China out, keep China out. Keep the well, chain around China. China spells chain. Why does no one know this but me? It's chain. You got suicide nets and chains. Keep China out. Yeah, yeah we'll have to do a separate episode on like financial astrology or business. For astrology. Sure. We could bring, we could, we could bring, um, we could probably, uh, do a, uh, uh, it's probably better a one on one, but we could do a, we could uh, do a round table. Actually, I, I, um, I'll, I will see if you're interested in coming on, uh, with SJ because I do a twice yearly, uh astrology uh so this could be just perfect timing but we'll see yeah financial is uh but yeah so uh back to what you were saying um oh so you're talking about pluto yes pluto wants us to grow i mean yeah he can the lower nature of pluto energy can be so ruthless and very manipulative 
But when we work with it, we can really have quantum leaps in our life, but it's slow because it can't just happen. I tend to see people who have Pluto transits that first hit, you're going to be like, Oh gosh, I got to do something different. The second one's like, all right, I'm going to make the changes. The third one is where the emotions really start to kick in, but you work through it because Pluto also is going to bring in something new. Yes. You're so smart. This is really good. Um, I'm going to stop praising you now. I probably won't, but I'm going to pretend to stop praising you. Um, I'm going to pretend. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. Um, that's, uh, that's one of my, that's one of the favorite things I found out about my chart. I, I love these zero, zero things. And when I see that I have the most internal, like the sun, not the, the moon, the Mercury, yeah, but the sun. And then the furthest one, I know that like, I'm here to do some shit. They're both zero, zero. They're like, you know, besides being born on twin literary days of Hobbit day on September 22nd. And that's in the year of 84, which is a literary theme. So 1984 Hobbit day. Uh, I know I'm here for some weird shit. And uh, yeah. No, well, yeah. also, um, yeah, it's like an initiatory mm. sign, I would say, like the zero zero. And Libra is a cardinal sign, so leadership. I, I got initiated into Freemasonry at age 33 in Libra, like 17 days after my birthday. So, mm. um, I oh gosh, I was just thinking of all the things we could discuss. There's Go so ahead. Many- There's so much. No, really, uh, itemize them and do them, get them all. Um, well, we talked a lot about the moon mm-hmm. and I don't know if we want to go deeper into another planet or if we should go into some of the houses or aspects. Let's do the planet and then we'll go to the houses, the aspects, the axes. I have notes. Uh, keep going. Yeah, every, we have all that. This show can go as long as you have energy for. And uh, that's true. So go ahead. Um, I think, oh my gosh, I would say, I'm like, we, should we talk about Venus a little bit? Absolutely, because that's going to yeah. be getting, that's well, going to be clear by the Pluto right like, now so many people think like oh venus like she's the way that i love and she's also you know the things that i really like in life and my values and that's obviously so true because when we think of venus we think of um, the finer things we like you know the type of food we like to enjoy but also it's how we create connection with people and the, the archetype the energy the element the house is how we show value through things like nature and shine on all the aspects like of our life. So for instance, my Venus is a Gemini and an air sign. And I find it kind of like takes over my chart. Mm. And like, I get a lot of times people are like, you're a Taurus. Like you're, you talk so much. What's like, uh, what's the, is it on any stars? What, uh, what degree in Gemini is it? Actually? Yeah. Mine is exactly by the degree at on Rigel too. The star. Oh, see so mine's on Spica and Arcturus. Oh, yeah, I got like speak is apparently like a super lucky star. And I got that wrong on a test because I looked up the stupid Internet and it lied to me saying serious, even though I knew it was speaker. It's not serious. It's speaker and uh, speakers on my my uh, Venus. So you and I both have she's a son that's ruled by Venus. I'm a son that's ruled by Venus. And we both have like super no pun intended. OK, pun totally intended. Super lit Venuses. I know we do. Also, our Venuses are both in air signs. So that's why we we love to converse through higher intellect, communication, like helpful service. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're here to serve. 
Yes, we, we are. are. We're here to, you know, create connection with other people. We're here to bridge the gap between Earth and the cosmos. I helping- pretty much know every like I'm a guy that I'm sorry, I'm going to say now that I know it's a Gemini, I don't feel too, too bad. But anyways, no, I'm saying that I'm a guy who's going to end. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm an ass. Uh, I'm a guy who's going to end up knowing like pretty much everyone. Like I've already met such absurd people like through no reason. Some guy gave me LSD and he's like, hey, now you want to meet Alex Gray? I'm like, okay. Like literally like that, like anyways. So yeah, no, uh, I'm glad to hear you saying this about the connections and she knows that anytime I get up to go change the record, that's what I'm doing. Of course, but I'm, I'm listening to a steady stream of miles Davis tonight in the background. It's kind of blue. And, uh, if you don't, if you don't know, um, trumpet was my first instrument. So I, I fucking love miles Davis, but go, I'm sorry. That was totally necessary. That's Venus too. Um, yeah. So Venus says a lot about, you know, what our, how we express love and also how we like to receive it too. I mean, she's all encompassing with our needs being met, you know, how it of course aspects your moon, but like how you really give love and and how you need to receive it too. This Gemini. So how does, so compare the two, like compare Gemini to how Libra does like uh, receiving and expressing love. I'm, I'm asking you to use our two Venuses as the examples for what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good question because like the air signs are all, um, I should say the archetypes of the air sign is very similar with how we like to connect through the mind. But I think that is a little bit unique to Gemini though, because Gemini is ruled by the third house. So it is so much about day-to-day communications, getting to know your local neighbors, having a great community. Um, Mine being also though in the ninth house, I have it flipped where I just like love talking about all things spirituality. I could travel forever, learn other languages. Like, and that's how I connect to people is through higher minds. Is through- you like that even in love then? Even like even in the relationship of Venus, that's something you find you you like with the flippage of the three and the nine. Yes, exactly. So just within myself, what are things that I love to do and that bring me love? And so that's how you can look at Venus, but also then like, yes, in relationships, I want to do the same. I want to talk and connect through your mind. I also give love through communication. I love through communication and service. So yeah, I mean, and I would say that in Libra, Venus is right at home also in Libra and you're kind of like the harmonizer, you know, you're also like being able to bring up information, you know, I would say, being able rather to bring down information yep. like the ace of swords danny yeah. carey and tool he's a taurus so he keeps the fixed beat but uh danny carey has like a giant ace of swords or an ace of spades which is uh the idea of air in kether or mm-hmm. kater and so what she's saying and of course libra is the second third and fourth swords so it's right up there in the hierarchy of swords uh just to draw the tarot in because libra is the second sword for i'm the i'm the peace card you know, yeah. uh, because International Day of Peace is September 21st, which is a total UNN, U- UN Illuminati bullcrap thing. But oh. uh, in my opinion, you know, but um, I do love uh, Dag Hammarskjöld. He is a huge influence to me. Uh, they killed him in a plane crash. So, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, the long story short is that Libra does like we are the one like Libra is the one that brings it down. Like we begin Aquarius loves Libra. I said this the other day, Aquarius loves, and this is my complete, like alert, my beginner aspect, but 
Uh, I'm gonna say the the Gemini and the Aquarius. Aquarius loves Libra because Aqu Libra introduces new things. Gemini loves Libra because Gemini likes to be controlled by Libra, and that's a hard way of saying it. But Gemini likes the impositions or the boundaries that Libra brings, so they don't have to go like this all the time. So yeah. Aquarius, Aquarius likes the new. Gemini likes the boundaries. Of that's why that's right. a, yeah. Gemini is all like we're mental energy. Like yeah. I'm always in my head. Yeah. I mean, if in my head also meaning I'm in other realms, having it in the ninth house. Like I love to travel, but in travel through where the mind. Oh my god, I, I can't even tell you. Like I just there's this book because it has it, because it deals with things that I can't talk about. It uh -huh. talks about like certain things, but like ah, like ah, I'm I'm in such a weird position right now. Like literally in this moment. Um, but yes, astral travel. Uh, being free to travel astrally is very good. Yeah. And being yeah. able to do that with awareness. I dreamt for the first, I remembered my dreams properly. I was warning and I was warning someone about my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> you can't trust her. I was like saying you can't trust. I was like buying champagne and like, like trying to get her over there. I was like, you can't trust her. <laughs> so I don't know. It was, my, it was the first dream I had in a long time. So I've been still going. I've been breaking, I've been breaking through my, my old tendencies with my patterns with that. Cause I didn't fully grieve for that situation. So yeah. I'm still, I now I'm actually just coming to the point where I'm like, wow, I should have left that relationship a year ago. I'm starting to respect myself enough in that way of understanding in the dynamic, which was hard to see out of. Uh, yeah. and I, sh I should have left a year ago. It was, so I was getting, I was getting accused of cheating and drinking and in, in changing things on her phone come on Virgo you can do better than that freaking worry work yeah you, it's fine to laugh at that um she was she was accusing me of things and I that's not I, I thought that was healthy but you're not supposed to do that so it's like I'm still coming to terms with it I'm, it's my little diversion from my dream that I just you know kind of came to a big um transformative change within myself just with that dream this morning but yeah um brought that up for a reason I don't even care now yeah you're uh Mars and Sagittarius too, where you how well, let's move into Mars because Mars in relationships is also your sexuality and your passions and I've how had sex. What is the sex that you talk about? Sex and how take action in life. It's okay, everyone. So everyone simmer your Mars, down. Your Mars archetype can say a lot about not just your inner warrior and how you um, fight or take action, but how you can be reactive, but also your what your inner, inner animal, like your your sexuality and your passion and how you express passion. That makes so way so much sense. When I when I make when I make a when I when I make a triumphant noise at certain period of cyclical release, I sound like a fucking beast screaming. Like it's like a roar. It's like scary roars. Like it's almost unpleasant to be around at times. But yeah, that's that's cool about the Mars. I do have Mars. What does it mean in your understanding as I flip this? Uh, what is it to have Mars on your midheaven in the tenth house? Insane. Wow. Yeah. I would say yeah, you're a lot of your energy and your focus is in your public life and how you present yourself to the world, how the public sees you. You're putting a lot of energy into that. And look at what you're doing with your podcasts or being yeah. active in your community, being active on social media. Those things is where you're putting your energy. And that's what Mars can indicate a lot too, is like your hobbies and your interests. It's like how you like to spend your time. 
Um, and your 10th house is your vocation. It is a lot about your career as well as how the public perceives you. Um, you know, traditionally people look at it as also your authority figures, but in spirituality, who's your higher authority, your soul and how do you, so your 10th house can also express how to best serve others Mm. and how, um, also spiritual initiation. So anytime there's any aspects to your 10th house, it can signify you're going through some sort of initiation. So like for me a year ago, when the node was hanging out in my 10th house, I was, my, my career was totally transforming. I mean, I was completely flipping the script. This is new. Like you started off Twitter with like, no, I was like one of your first followers and you're, you're already like, she should, no, this is definitely meant you're on your path. Uh, I am. You went through a transformation a year ago, though. I did, yeah. Yep, big transformation for sure. And that that Pluto energy came in, but it was really, well, we look at it from at the astrological perspective. The nodes were squaring my natal moon, so I moved, you know, across the country. Oh, does moving have to do with uh, squaring of the moon? Any aspects to the moon can indicate a move. Any aspects, really. I love because the word moon sounds like move, and I I do find that there's like obviously the creation of the 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 because we are we are an utterance, we are vibration. So this is like that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So I did move, and it's interesting. Like I knew I was always going to end up in California, and it just took me some time to figure out the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. And so it was like spring of 2019, where I was like, yeah, I'm like this is the end of my path here. I'd fulfilled you know, my karmic agreements, I was living in Philadelphia at the time and collapsed that cycle and then took some time to figure out where I wanted to move in California. But then I was like, kept getting that intuitive hit, like you're going to start your own business. Like you, it's time for you to step up and serve people through this work. And so that was really like last year I was in a mystery school. I was working with mentors and teachers of really sharpening my own intuition. Says so my 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 puberty voice just broke there. Was it theosophy? Yeah, right. Was it the- no? This one was not. It's theosophy is definitely more of my self education. Um, okay. It, you know, maybe a little bit interwoven in there. I don't want to negate that, but um, I'm always interested in mystery schools. Like I'm I'm looking for especially. Uh, and I, I mean, like, I make myself an easy target for dark magicians, except that, like, every time they try to do something to me, it does go back at them thrice because God bless my Pisces rising. Cause like, I'm, I'm pretty much fucking immune. Um, but the point is, is that like, uh, I, I, I am always looking for other white lodge brethren. If you get what I'm saying, I'm always looking for the white lodge people. That's why I brought that up. I love mystery schools. Cause you got, you guys, we guys be doing it. Yeah. Well, and I want to, I would love, I will definitely have my own mystery school at some point. Um, that n- Venus in the ninth house is a teacher and my soul is here to teach. And I, this whole path has been incredibly rewarding for me building out the spiritual empath. You're so path. good at this. No, you're really in your, you're in your, you're in your wheelhouse. No, yeah. pun, no pun intended. Yep. That was wheelhouse. I feel it. And then with, I mean, there's just been such, if we use astrology, there's been such a focus in my 10th house and now my ninth house. So I kind of like went back to school, you know, I had to move away from home, go back to school in the, in the cosmos and then harness all that information down. And at the same time, building out a practice 
Um, and I was also being trained pro- how to give readings professionally too. So ah, okay, in esoteric also- astrology. No, in um, intuition and psychic development. Got it. Just making sure I'm like on the same page. Can you yeah. say the name of the school? That's what I was trying to get at earlier with the White Lodge stuff. I'm always looking for more White Lodge. Uh, yeah. So my teacher is Desiree Lands, and she taught at Ceremony Meditation, but she has her own practice now. She has the Desiree Lands School of Energetic Arts. She has her own studio um, called Toulouse. She's been incredible. French. And, hmm? Toulouse, French. Yeah. And she does. Yeah. She has a Z on it. Um, but yes, it is French. I actually used to speak fluent French, but. Ah, je n'ai pas, je n'ai pas. Don't make me try. I will sound like a bigger asshole. Uh, um, yes. So anyway, long story short, <laughs> that's what I was going through. And I learned, I, I know so many things and that is Gemini in the night. I could do yeah. I so many tools. Um, I feel like I was building up going building up my spiritual tool belt last year and then, you know, doing energy healings, dark forces, all sorts of cool stuff. Well, it sounds like you're definitely like, I can tell uh, that you're here to at least like be part of my healing uh, in a way that I'm almost like, and you're like way younger than me and way is not even close to right, but you're younger than me. And it's going to be weird to be like, it's almost like a mommy energy because you have Ceres, you have Ceres and you have Venus surrounding my Chiron. Um, you're, they're both conjunct. My Chiron's like eight or nine degrees. Gemini, it's on a fuck. It's on a royal star. It's on a Aldebaran? Question mark. Is that the is that the royal star that is in? Yeah, Antares is Sag, so Aldebaran's in Gemini. Um, your Venus and Ceres are both like uh, within like a few degrees of my Chiron, which yep. is why I'm saying that I feel like you're here. Well, I mean, Ceres is mothering, which is why I said mommy energy, and Venus is Venus, which is can be mom it's also can can trample under your feet because venus is uh, we were talking about venus earlier there's a negative aspect where venus can like you know make you walk walk on tall all over you if you let her so there's that part of venus but the good part of venus in series yours is right around the greatest wounds which is chiron and mine happens to be on that royal star so i wonder what we could talk about with that if you want to talk about some mental energy and healing of that kind of stuff right here yeah. And even just like with my Pluto on your South node, I feel like there's a sense of transformation of like releasing and healing to Pluto being a great healer. Um, Chiron does get the rap that it's the wounded healer, right? It is our wounds and can really like, um, height rather bring a heightened perception to what are really deep wounds are from past lives too. Yours is on my descendant. Uh, so like your Chiron is on my descendant and it's, I don't, I've heard like their descendants is the kind of people that you try to, you tend to go towards, but yours yeah. is actually in a significant yeah. part of my chart as well. Yes. Steph, Sorry, that's about the descendant. It tend the descendant is our people. We tend to attract a lot hmm. um, cause it is partnerships and um, so also though with Chiron is, um, Chiron is how we can bring in information though from the cosmos, because it does bring in this sort of quantum perspective of being the bridge. I think it's between Saturn and Pluto Chiron sits. Wow. Okay. And so it's also like our higher spiritual mind. But in order for us to tap into that, we have to work through our wounds. Yeah. And Chiron does get triggered a lot in relationships too, because really relationships are our great 
greatest healers and how we learn a lot about ourselves and what we need to integrate and release. We and used to be parthen we used to be parthenogenic, which is why they're so healing. We used to be we used to be bisexual creatures that could make humans without mating back in the Hyperborean phase before we right. went through the Atlantean, before we went through the Lemurian. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so there's a reason that relationship. Okay, so, yeah, Chiron's the bridge between Saturn and Uranus. So you okay. have Saturn, which is like, you know, the, he's like the history guy. Like he's like the library of everything from the physical world and our past. But Uranus is more like the quantum realm. Okay. So okay. look at, you know, the bridge between the two. Our Chiron is also our way to bring healing to earth. And how we do that though, is through understanding our own wounds and transmuting them, you know, going through that transformation of, alchemy ultimately you know it's bizarre is that one of my greatest wounds is that my parents put me into like daycares after school and i just released an ep called a bad robot daycare on the cover of it is jupiter saturn and uranus's cycle whoa and so like you may attract also a lot of gemini's because they're or ge any gemini placement to help you amplify that energy I had a Gemini girl that really wanted to be my girlfriend. Like, this is a weird thing in my life. She was one of the only girls I didn't like. She was actually like, I did not do the full thing with her. Cause like, I, that, that like never happens. Like I chose not to is what I'm saying. Like, and she wanted me to. So I've, it was a really bizarre experience for me. She's like, please, please, please. And I'm like, and she was the, I don't know. Like, this is what I'm wondering. Like, she was like one of the only Geminis that I, so like, there's something about me. I wasn't willing to face my Chiron or something with her in a very poetically direct way or something. Mm, maybe. And, and, and Gemini is about communication. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah, communicating your, your needs, your wounds, your fears, your desires of not wanting to take action in certain ways. I mean, it can really encompass so many different aspects of our life. And mm. then again, the house that it falls into will give more of an indication of where those wounds could be am i am i completely losing my or am i a gemini third house and no no i'm a fourth house i'm a fourth house that would be then, yeah but your chiron does fall into your third house from one perspective because of the degrees so it depends what this is where astrology we use different house signs to give different perspectives yeah so yeah, the third house, again, emphasizing the communication right. and with Chiron being so close to your North node, it's related to your life path and where your soul is trying to reach. Does it, does it count as being close? Cause like, this is why I'm learning so much about astrology because uh, one, one teacher will say, no, that's not close enough because uh, now I'm on my chart, um, eight degrees Chiron and 29 degrees Taurus. So they're actually still within a 10 degree. Uh, yeah, they are. Well, and it, Right. I mean, eight, like the nine degree orb is still quite wide, but they do fall into the same house. So they can overlap in some situations in your life. You may attract experiences where you're like, this was totally like a soul karmic lesson. Mm. And other times it may be things like, you know, getting into an accident that maybe was not more related to your free will. You're talking about how my car just got hit by a sweet old lady on like seven freaking hours after, after, after the equinox. Now I was going to go climb a different mountain, but something brought me there at 6am and I was at the same place that I was at when the sun rose about eight hours or seven hours later that day when an old lady just decided that, you know, it's time to crash in an ace car. So, um, I still, still don't have my car. 
which means I won't be able to go to this Neptune. Th- uh, there's this really cool like Neptune class tomorrow that I won't be able to go to in like West wherever Massachusetts, but I, I will go eventually. But yeah, no, um, a woman did just hit my car. So she's right. Uh, that happened. I don't know if that's what you were getting at, but I don't have a car. A bit, yeah, especially because I don't have the, my wheels. What was happening that day? Mars was like right on your Chiron and Mars's machinery. Oh, man. And the third house is cars and transportation. That makes so much. Yeah. See, yeah. this is why people need to study. It. And again, I go back to Adam saying, yes, I believe that it helps when someone of like a uh, public substance does like just even though he's not into it. He's like, yes, I know this is good. Uh, that does help our case a lot. And I think that. I think uh, someone like Adam's excited to see people like us, like Caroline and like me doing this kind of stuff. Cause like he's sick of the bullshit and he knows that we're going to make yeah. it better. He knows, right. we're gonna, he knows that our, our class of people our our class of human kindred. Uh, we're going to kick ass and forget the names. We're just going to keep kicking ass. Yeah. And also like, you know, Saturn, I know we've touched on a little bit, but that can, Saturn is our, karmic agreements it's the things our soul is also signed up to do and agree mm. to do why people like always get a little worked up around their saturn return there's some sort of culmination cycle and then again when there's any transit so like with your saturn and scorpio at the 13 south- at 13 at the death card degree 13 death at the death i realized this when i was yeah uranus got discovered on march 13th by the way uh by herschel in bath uh german uh making his own uh, telescopes and uh, there's all this like life path stuff where I ended up going out to Hollywood uh, in LA where you are. Uh, there's a statue of Herschel who discovered Uranus outside the Goddard. You see, you don't even see this is what I'm saying right in front of the Hollywood freaking sign. Wink, wink, uh. wink. And so, well, and Uranus is Herschel, which is the that's why Uranus has the H glyph is because it's named after Herschel. And uh, long story short, is that like. As I was climbing up death, that's basically Death Valley in L.A. Ba- I mean, hypothetically speaking, I was going through a Death Valley experience, climbing to the top because, you know, there's this big path in the desert that leads up to that uh, planet, whatever, because it's over by the sign. We took the wrong freaking path. We had no water. I was literally dying by the time I got to that. And I learned I had the epiphany. I'm like, holy shit. If I die now, at least I realize that I have the death card of 13 degrees of the death planet, you know, essentially Pluto, uh, excuse me, um, Saturn being a, the scythe. And I have it in the house of death, which is Scorpio. So I'm a triple death guy. And I wow. realize, and I have Pluto in that very same death place at the zero zero. But yeah, so um, th- it's going to be square. It's in my ninth house. You're in your ninth house. It's in my ninth house because, and myself knows at the t- anoretic on the very end. Uh, okay, so next year when the South Node hits your Saturn, I'm yeah. interested to see what happens. <laughs> Am I going to die? No, but you're probably going to have to let go of something or ch- I, I don't know. Like, let's think about this for a minute. Okay. Be practical. You know, let's be pragmatic. It's what we're doing. Taurus says, okay, yeah. I'm listening. Like, thinking about this, and this is where our energy is balancing each other. Like, I'm like, wait, 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 Taurus, there are nodes being flip-flopped. Mm. Um you're probably well i would say i mean if it's in your ninth house i would think spiritually you're going to have a lot of new realizations and new teachings and coming yeah. to a new sense of structure i mean saturn also is responsibility and i think you're going to find new ways for your soul to express itself and that may come through big shifts and changes in your life and having to let go of something 
to let go of something. Yeah. And it could really even just, I mean, the ninth house is your higher mind. Yeah. You know, it's traveling through the cosmos. Like you may find yourself connecting to, um, you know, more of your past lives too, and understanding what you've done before and then be like, all right, I've done it in that life. So how can I bring it back in this one? Because also Saturn on your self node is indicating you're bringing in immense wisdom and also a sense of authority into this world. Okay. Um, that's kind of exactly how I feel. I'm trying to write a holy book that I, I mean, like the, the cat's out of the bag. I, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that Cosm needs to expand uh, Chapel of Sacred Mirrors to, to, to seven different churches. I haven't even begun to approach Alex about this. I'm just going to have to make a big PowerPoint and be like, all right, we're all getting older. We're going to do this now. Um, but yeah, the idea is that I do believe that you're correct about that. Uh, and I, I, I mean, I may become an officer in masonry next year. So like, but you're saying letting go of things. So that's either letting go of irresponsibility or I don't know, I was thinking, am I going to end up leaving Rosicrucianism, Masonry next year or something like that? You know, who knows, right? Uh, but right. Uh, I do I do feel like I've done this before. I do, like, I didn't know my grandfather on both sides were Masons. My dad became one after me because I, you know, I did. So he's like, oh, God, they didn't kill anyone. I'll do it now or whatever. We all became Masons at um, the number six. So dad was 69, so nine. Uh, and I was 33. And grandpa was 33. So um, I feel like I have done this intergenerationally and throughout time. I may have planned my own birth in a previous existence. Like, you know, I don't know. Absolutely. Well, and also the ninth house is expanding yourself to people who think differently than you. And it's learning to accept other people's differences. And it's cosmic law. It's okay. um, education. It's publishing. It's, you know, journeys through your higher mind and different realms, but it also international travel. Like you might, might find yourself traveling a little bit more. Is that, is because I, I had someone tell me the exact opposite because I had Saturn that it would limit my international travel or my far distance travel, but then I'm like going to Hollywood and I'm going to, you know, so it's like. I mean, I think one interpretation of Saturn that people tend to jump to first is that it's limiting you. Right. Right. And like, <sighs> It can if but that's also the mind of like you're limited in some sort of way and i think when we can look at it as more of like a responsibility or a duty or becoming an authority in some sort of way and then expand ourselves because spirituality doesn't want to limit us if anything we're here to expand those limitations and and to grow yeah which is why which is why free thinking is so important because it it all starts with the ability to be liberated in yourself and then to spiral out uh and you have to have the first the first amendments first for that reasoning for an example like yeah. we have a republic it, it is a good republic we need to like take better care of it a republic is yeah this is a republic not a democracy of course it's a republic and that's important and we can we can fix things and now i'm starting to sound like alex jones <laughs> um what else should we touch on everything but uh we'll start we'll start with um i ask six random questions i pretend they're not random but they're totally random so uh the first random question we'll interject here is what is this is just a this is a total softball but uh what's the favorite like your favorite your first favorite book that you read first favorite book you read like ever in this whole life because mine was a wrinkle in time uh at eight years old so yeah mm, my gosh and now i'm like going back into my childhood a little bit here oh yeah you can do that 
The only rule is that you have to answer the question honestly and as uh, from your own life story. No, no pretending to be, you know, Shanae O'Connor suddenly. I don't know why she came. I have no idea. Actually, like the first book that I read in a foreign language was The Little Prince. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I, I have I that to hand deal for me because it was in a foreign language. So that just came to mind. That's cute because you're fluent in French. That makes sense. I actually haven't read it. I, I just know about it. I was. I did study at the Sorbonne. I've spent fam- summers with people there. Like I just not using it right now. That doesn't mean it's not in my soul's consciousness and I could bring it down again. But I'd to, like to I'm grateful to be conversing with you. Like I, I got I, I'm, I'm repeating this, but like it, it is a treat for me. Uh, it is always I appreciate cultured people. Uh, and I have uh, as I change, as I as I I am only going Emerson has a quote about only being around the best people. I will as I I am only going to be around the best people. Wonderful. Hmm. I liked that question. Oh, good. It's I totally just bloip. Yeah, because like earlier we were talking and then like I said something that was being said on it. So yeah, no, there's that going on for us. Uh, let's say um, we'll come up with five more questions later, but for now we'll fade back into what we were saying. Um, so yeah, Saturn at 13 degrees and that's going to be getting like, like that's really active this year, right? Isn't there some like squaring going on from Aquarius? Oh. Yeah, what's go- what's going on with this, uh, the 13 degrees right now? Um, yeah, so, well, you've got Jupiter loosely squaring your Saturn, but it explains it was squaring it more tightly in February and March. So, yeah, like what you're saying earlier about doing some shifts in relationships, given Saturn also can indicate karmic contracts we have with people. Jupiter brings endings. Mm. Um, so Saturn will square your Saturn, I think actually more in the beginning of next year. And that is like a time of growth. I mean, like what we were to reiterate rather what I was saying earlier about making some sort of big shifts in your life and taking responsibility and new, new endeavors, new projects, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just expanding probably your presence in the world too, from a broader perspective. It'll actually be May. Uh, sorry. Like that's happening now. Like, uh, instead of next year, uh, it's, we're, Oh, it's at 11 degrees right now. It's at 11 Aquarius right now. Oh yeah. So I, Saturn also, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just was like, yeah. So what does that mean? Say what that means again. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So Saturn also is our, our limitations. Like you're saying our own as, and it's coming to collapse something of like unresolved issues, old habits and patterns that are going to come up and your higher self is super creative and will find ways to like bring in situations and relationships to help shove that in your face. Like having your car get hit. So you can't buy weed. So you have to quit smoking weed. Yeah, definitely. Um, Because also Scorpio is our energetic patterns. Oh my God, yeah. I've been such a fucking stoner and making so many excuses. I've been the abused girlfriend making an excuse for my, my, my weed girlfriend when like, or whatever. Now that's a lesbian. Really. Okay. Whatever. Who cares? I'm cool with that. Um, I have nice long hair right now. So anyways, the point is, is that I think that I was really addicted to something that like, it's so easy, like in AA, cause God knows that my Pisces rising got me into AA before I was even able to have sex. Cause God damn it. But anyways, I've had an interesting life, I think. And so the point is, is that like, I was, um, what was it? Um, what am I suddenly talking about? Uh, the weed, like, it was like, I would make fun of people like saying, Oh man, keep me away from weed. No, like I was completely discompassionate and thinking that weed was like way less than it was when it was actually me thinking 
because the weed wanted to use me as it's just like, no, nah, dude, keep smoking. Keep smoking. I'm good for you. Uh, I think that's what I'm learning right now from you is like this situation came about so I could not be a fucking stoner anymore. Yeah. I can, I dreamed last night. And also we have to think of like Scorpio. Scorpio is a sign of discipleship. And we, I mean, you're going to find and come across your inner dragons and your inner demons so much with a lot of Scorpio energy. And those are because you've got to shine light on it and use the higher mind and wisdom of your soul to like what we're, what we talk about in occult practices, like the using things like the light in the dark and um, understanding different occult arts and sciences to help you work through that because Scorpio is so intelligent it really is like sometimes scorpio i think it's such a bad rap for some reason because they can the lower nature of it can be very intense but it's also very healing energy and i think scorpios can be some of the best healers because they've gone through so much shit i had a scorpio who really helped me uh she was uh she was born like mid-november she was uh she was real smart i uh very attractive but uh Man, Scorpio's got some weird faces, dude. And I, and I mean that in a good way. Like, fascinating faces. Yeah. Fascinating faces. But uh, Libra's have the best face. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I yeah. love the Libra rising. Actually, I remember, like, the first time, like, when I did my birth chart years and years ago, I got, like, the hour off. Oh, yeah. And it was a Virgo rising. And I just was like, I'm not, though. Oh, like, my God. I- oh, but that's my story, too. Except <laughs> Because, because, because people, except with my son, everyone, because I'm September 22nd, everyone thinks that I'm a freaking Virgo. I'm like, I am not a Virgo. I knew it my whole life, but I didn't know it, know it. Cause I didn't have enough knowledge. Yeah, to know. right. I, I didn't know why I didn't know what I didn't or whatever. You know what I mean? I, eh. But yeah, that happened to me. Uh, people thought I was a Virgo, but I was a Libra. And so it happened to you too. That's funny. Right. And it was the rising sign, but I remember it was like a short period where like, meaning it must've been no longer than two weeks when I was like, I just like got to redo this. Like. And I was like, oh, I'm only rising. Uh, like, you I don't. Cool, you have a cool birth time, by the way. I'm not going to give uh, it away, uh, but uh, it's, it's a cool time. And that's this is the issue, though, with mainstream astrology. They just put like the dates on it, and it's like, whoa, like the 22nd, you could be a Libra or you could be a Virgo. And if no you, astrologer I know takes that seriously, though, right? No astrologer right. I know uses anything other than like natal as much right. as you can birth time, like from a, I, from a person. We have to keep speaking about that because I think uh, a lot of people don't see it that way oh. or they don't know better. Well, that's why the show's here. And also, um, as I'm a Pisces rising, so look what I can do with my Pisces. There you go. I can literally rise my Pisces. And also, in esoteric astrology, Pisces is ruled by Pluto. Really? Yes. I'm, high, because- I'm high-fiving my foot. I have my foot above my head for people who can't see what I'm doing since it's an audio show, but I literally just had my feet. Well, anyways, I can do that. Uh, I'm sure I just gave the small percentage of my audience way too much information. And now now I'm going to get weird letters. Do not send me weird letters. Send me money. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. What else do you think our audience wants to know today? Everything. But, um, I think that uh, that was that was good to touch on the Pluto being the higher um, ruler of Pisces. Yep, because Pluto takes you down into your shadow and Pisces is also the underbelly of society. 
Mm-hmm. And like, you know how you're, you've been saying you're very passionate about bringing all this stuff to the surface for humanity. Mm-hmm. That is very Plutonian, but it's also Piscean in the sense that you're seeking to not only within your soul's expansion, close chapters, um, but also it's something about like bringing the past forward so we can really change the future. You know, like you're showing everybody what's not working and what we can do. Yeah. Like, uh, I think of Pisephone, like Pisces. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the thing cut off. I thought you were Pisces and Persephone, Pisephone or something like that. Um, that's like the moon landing comes to mind. Like there's contingents that want me to say certain things about that. And there are other contingents that want me to say other things and fuck everyone. I'm going to say the truth. And the truth is that the moon landing is a big fucking hoax. And all you need to know about a lunar landing is that they mooned you and they dropped their pants and then they mooned you. And that was the real lunar landing revealed for the first time on this show tonight. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. No, dude, this is part of. Huh? I was going to say it made me think of with Pluto. You are destroying all binds to what love is in your life. I am. Wait, say that again. What did I say? Something like destroying all binds to what love is in your life. I don't even know what that means, though. So I think like what you've been talking about, like having this Libra energy and like understanding more of your relationship cycles and then like letting go of the past, but having to bring the past forward to move into the future. That's very Piscean because, well, Pisces is romance. Like we have to remember that. And then also Pluto, though, is like we have to let go of all the binds to our past, meaning what's really not serving our highest good. Yeah. It's painful, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. No one wants to hear about how the corona fucking fakeness. All, y- all y'all slaves just be fucking sucking it right now. Uh, I'm just going to start putting a mask on that's a slave on it, by the way, because uh, Caroline, I respect you. So I'm just going to give you a, a gentlemanly warning. I'm about to break into the p- plutonic pathos. You ready? She's like, come on, motherfucker, bring it. So I'll be like, yo, they're cuck masks. It's uh, what's the guy? He yes, he is funny. It's funny shit. Me, me and the Venus, uh, we're we're really laughing. But um, yeah, a guy who watches from the corner or a girl, whatever version of that is, I don't even fucking care. This weirdos. But like, I understand that everyone has the needs. But like, it's a person who wants to watch everyone else have the physical interaction while they hide behind the thing. So literally, if you wear a mask, you're a cuck. Get over it. No, don't get over it. Get some fucking balls. Get some fucking. I don't want you to die. My friends, my family. You are, you are creatures of love and divinity. I am so ashamed to see you acting so stupidly. Get your fucking heads out of your asses and live. All right? You're an American and probably listening to this show. We have a lot of Americans. Uh, actually, we have people in weird countries listening here. But, um, you know, guys, be free everywhere. Give Brits guns. We need to. We need to. We, it's freedom. All right? America can show the way. Y'all have to live it in your own lives. So that's – I hope you appreciate my metaphor about Thank where – Thank you. Um, yeah, we are in for some interesting times for sure. And what else? What else could we talk about? What are the questions you have? I can make up plenty of questions. I know that you have a lot of things that you wanted to talk about. And I, and I'm doing my best not to just ask about my shit. But I'm if you're gonna if you're asking me, like, you mentioned that a relationship node for me is going to be activated by a Jupiter. Like, can you explain? I'm still like, way like, with what you're telling me. So maybe that would be a good time. Oh, okay. So let's talk about some relationship transits. 
what can activate certain relationships in your chart. Okay. I like to look at the fifth house is where we have a lot of like romance and dating and our flings and that energy, the archetype rather that sits in that house as well as the rulership can then say how you move into the seventh house, which is the committed relationships, the partnerships. I'm cancer for the fifth house, just to make that cancer in Virgo for the seventh house is the Virgo. I mean, just to add. And then we have the eighth house, which is more of what happens after like you're in a committed relationship, you know, that's sex, that's intimacy. That's like the really deep energetics of a relationship. So for you, when Jupiter transits your first house, which is next year, there is going to be a lot of energy around also like your soul's purpose and, but also how your identity is presented in the world. I feel like your, you know, the lens in which you see people is going to start to shift too. But because it is sitting on your first and seventh house axis, it can activate part new partnerships in your life, new people coming in, um, which will be interesting to see because there's also the Scorpio. You're also going through your nodal return, you know, meaning the North node is going to be in Taurus at the same time. Um, now, for, I'm sorry, I'm probably too close. I don't know what's happening with my internet, but okay. Um, yeah, so... Cause that's really, cause like, obviously as a Libra and stuff, like I'm pretty much, I want to be in a relationship and I read how like Libra men, especially after a, a breakup, like Libra men are notorious for just jumping into a new relationship so that they don't have to. And uh, I'm obviously still single and all that jazz. And I was wondering like, um, well, I'll, I'll ask, I'll ask this. Uh, I want to ask about forming a band in a little bit with you. Cause the crazy idea is to have it be all zero, zero Cardinal. Uh, so I'm the Libra cause that's the air and I'll be the zero, zero singer and the zero, zero guitarist. But I don't know if that's, but anyways, I want to ask you about the relationship thing. Like what would you see looking at that as, as so show, like showing a listener, like, as a relationship uh, intuitive astrologer, someone who knows about these things, like what um, what could this possibly take the form of? If if that's not too daring a question to ask, I don't know what is. So yeah, what do you think? Well, how could this look like? Do, uh, do you have my chart? Do you? I do have your chart up. Yeah. Well, I think a few things. So like I had mentioned about Jupiter bringing. Yeah a lot of energy to your first house and Jupiter's going to expand whatever energy is there. It doesn't really care if it's good or bad. It's just mm-hmm. going to bring more to the surface really what is in that house. So your first house being also your soul's purpose. I think a lot of that is going to be revealed and you've been mm-hmm. emphasizing how relationships are so important to you. Um, now I couldn't, with- I couldn't do this without you, Caroline. Like, <laughs> Well, the, my first show, a main show is like a partner show. It's like a one-on-one. That's, that's, yeah. really, I never thought about it. And so like right now when you said it, but that's like what the show yeah. is, it's partner show. Forming bonds and relationships. Um, but also you're, I mean, we can dive into the asteroids too, because your Juno is in Virgo and Juno mm-hmm. is committed partnerships. And, our- and she's on my, she's on my descendant too, which is super cool. She's like right on my descendant. Yeah. By one degree. Right. So you, I mean, I think you're going to come across people who you have a lot of soul agreements with, a lot of soul contracts, because also we have to look at Saturn being activated next year by not only Saturn transit, but the South Node. I think you're going to meet a lot of people you've known in past lives and this who have so cool and have like a lot of soul contracts with. Um, Saturn always carries um, 
can carry our karma and not karma being like, oh, it goes around, comes around. Like we know karma more so being like things your soul has designed to work on based off things that it's done in the past. That's kind of like when the past meets the present. And so like, I really vibe with that. I, I, I entirely intuitively understand what you're saying to be true. It blows my mind. Um, like this kind of stuff, I'm, I get very emotional. Like being a Pisces uh, rising with a Libra, I am like the least practical fucking person on the planet almost. I'm extremely romantic. I am very, yeah, no, I am stupid romantic. Like I am, I, I'll cry at the fucking, like, uh, it's, it's not even a joke. Like I'm sweet. I'm, I'm really sweet. And that's uh, it, it's part of the Leo moon that gives me the strength to like not feel like I'm completely just like pussified, I guess, because like otherwise I'd be screwed. But uh, apparently I come across as extremely masculine. And I think that's because of the Leo moon uh, and the, the midheaven. So yeah, other, otherwise, huh? Yeah. Otherwise, I'd be a, I'd be a little girl almost or something. But what it's nothing wrong with that, except when you're a 36 year old man. You probably have spent many lives being a female and male. So well, you have yeah. to- and so also one last thing about that is Saturn will trine your Venus and maybe yes. not 2023. Yeah, no, it's a uh, 26 degrees Venus. So yeah, there will be a, a trining going on, I think. Yeah. So lessons in love, new relationships probably are just, um, again, emphasizing those new, those agreements of people you've chosen to set up relationships with in this life, probably coming into the physical world. Would they be relationships of working or would they be relationships of intimacy or like, that's what I'm wondering. I think both. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We can bring in, I think a combination of both. We have to kind of think back in times where we have met significant people in our life. And normally there's energies of both between, you know, romance because like as you come to the end of that Saturn cycle in a couple of years, you're going to be getting ready for Saturn to approach your first house when Saturn moves into Pisces. Okay. Is that when I die again? Maybe many, as we know that the North node in, or any, any Plutonian aspect in your chart is really going to sh- signify where you have a lot of death and rebirth. A lot of those where we feel we carry many lifetimes in one. Man, I thought I was gonna die at 27 in this one, but that was probably more like MK Ultra programming or some shit. Yeah, you know what probably. I mean? Yeah, let's 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 talk about some let's talk about some woo. Besides, like since since you're on board with knowing that the uh, the coronavirus is all just fucking IBM Nazi. Pro- I mean, you know, IBM was the punch card makers for the Nazis, right? They made the Nazi tracking system, you know, because because they definitely upgraded their company policy in 80 years. Not doing the same exact thing to just everyone now, Nazis, assholes. So the point is, IBM being HAL, right? Uh, even Kubrick, Kubrick was woke as fuck, so to speak. He uh, showed the fake moon landing and everything like that. Actually, he probably filmed it. But uh, the point is, is that, um, where am I going with this? I was just starting to say something about, where was I going a second ago? I might actually need you to throw me a rope here. You were talking about MK Ultra. And- yeah. What do you want? Yeah. What do you What do you think about MK? Because yeah, I want to ask you about uh, MK Ultra, and I want to ask you about the Mandela effect, as you understand it. And then maybe are the MK Ultra and Mandela effect tied together? It's like Berenstain Bears. That's wow. changing a vowel in Gematra. You can change vowels. But I'm still kind of diving into that too. You know, I I am such a detective, and it's like 
a spiritual detective rather yeah, that cool. I take a lot of time before I form opinions on certain things. Um, I just think that there has been so much incredible manipulation and people are so, so misinformed and so cut off from their souls and have lost critical thinking. They don't even know what the word discernment is. They don't even know that, you know, I could rant on this for so long, but well, you picked up discernment because I was thinking about CERN. So, oh yeah, well, there we go. That's another old thing in Switzerland. Like we've got all this AI technology that is just become, I mean, people are turning into robots. Really? That's what it is. Well, I called it a bad robot daycare. I called my, I, because it's actually, I made history. My albums are the last albums in the, in the earth triplicity because I released right. it on the 21st of Capricorn and I released my on the 22nd of Capricorn, the second version of the same thing. So I chose the very last moment of the earth triplicity and the air. So again, I'm a bridge between the two right. different. That's really fucking weird, but it's called a bad robot daycare. Yeah. And you know, this is why, like, I know we've talked a lot about in our the spiritual community as well, the split in consciousness where we're having people who are wanting to follow the light of their soul and stand in sovereignty and freedom. Yep just really lead with higher values and virtues and critically think and stand up for things. And then you've got people who are just in this like high mind mentality. They're not yeah. questioning anything. They're living in so much judgment, yeah. like the hypocrisy that we're seeing from groups um, is just, it's wild. And yes, it is. this is why, yes, discernment is really important intuition development, but just questioning stuff and being able to have a civil conversation with someone about why you don't agree with something, right. you know, and this is where esoteric training, why I like love it so much and like to talk about it is so important because <laughs> I'm like, you know, we have to learn to, to listen to other people's opinions also and not be so moved by it. No, it's true. Um, we are at different levels of consciousness right now. And when we can remind ourselves that it's like, we're not going to go try to like bring people into our belief systems that it's also something that people, yeah, on one, from one perspective, we're all on our own soul's path of ascension and evolution. And there's plenty of people on this planet who are not seeking that. Right. But I find as a teacher and a guide and spiritual consultant, I'm always seeking ways to educate people on it. And it does stem a lot from presenting information and be like, you get, you really get to form your own opinion. This is, these are higher truths. This is higher wisdom. This is also, there's a lot of facts to stuff like this stuff we talk about it's very sciencey you um you would like the band tool they they're all about i don't know if you know them they they're the ones who of course tried to flush la into the ocean with their with their album anima but the album talks about um question authority think for yourself yeah. it's uh the song's third eye uh, so it's talking about prying open your you know aquarius yep. and uh tool actually wrote an album uh, they they wrote 13. Uh, they waited 13 years, 13 whole years uh, between 2006 and uh, when they released on August 30th of 2019, uh, the Tool logo can turn into a syringe on this one. So uh, it's called Fear Inoculum. 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 29. Yeah, you're see, this is how I know she's fucking woke as fuck. Because when I tell people the cool shit that I know is cool, when they react with the same level, she's fucking woke, dude. She's... <laughs> That's my opinion. So Thank the, I, the, I, the, well, 
Yeah, they 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 said that you don't want if you look at the lyrics, they talk about um not only is soul evolution on like the second uh song called Numa, which is the breath, you know, the soul, the breath, Numa, Numa. Yeah. But, um the first track says um it says like uh oh the deceiver says you don't want to breathe the light of the others. Mm. They fucking said it like before okay because i hope you know that like pisces in virgo or when you do super fucking spells the world trade center was done first in 93 93 93 love is the law 93 it was done in pisces of 93 and then 9 11 was done in virgo on the flip side and then the crony fakeness was done on 3 11 in pisces again so they did one two three this has been a long spell but two has warned about it talk about the dark occult and black magic we have to talk yeah, about it let's talk about it now let's talk about it now yeah. go ahead and this is why things like numerology and astrology like the people who are ruling and controlling this planet the elite whatever you want to call them they're not they even human they're not human though most of them are fucking aliens yeah that is true they're robots walking around literally essentially <laughs> And, but, you know, they also understand a lot of the tools that we talk about, but they're yeah, using- ruthlessly, ruthlessly. They under, they understand it like a surgeon does. We understand it like happy feeling, joyful right. people. And that's why I'm like, come on guys, like we got to use this in a way that can help you tap into your higher wisdom. That's what we're doing right the fuck here. That's what this show yeah. is. That's why we bring in it. And this, these tools, like, Okay, I always say astrology is a great gateway into the spiritual world because it's practical in a sense of you can look at a chart and understand it, but it really to me is more of an occult art in a sense of you're creating whatever you want to see out of it. Yeah. Um, but it is helps people understand themselves because that you don't know who you are. You can't navigate like right. you can't navigate this life here on earth, let alone even try to understand what's outside of the sphere. So that's where I think people have sort of their consciousness has dipped or um, they're just running on so many programs. And then this is where we get into really dark things like understanding the demonic attachments, parasites, and um, how demonic people- attachments, are- parasites, and Pizzagate all coming next on <laughs> Well, and portals, portal work. Oh my, oh my God. God. I get so worked yeah. about portals because I'm like, there's so many people. When you're talking about the lunar cycle earlier- Yes. A lot of people um, use the lunar phase, the lunar cycle as a way to, I don't know, work in tandem with the cosmos. I think a lot of those teachings have gotten so distorted, um, especially like in the female community of spirituality, like following the menstrual cycles, but they don't realize they're opening so many freaking portals. And so what happens is then, you know, the moon, which is a lower consciousness compared to say, the sun or they start to open all these portals. And I, as an energy healer, I have worked with women and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why do you have all these portals open? Right. Oh, well maybe they're doing some sort of rituals or they're, they're not really understanding what they're doing in, in the cosmos. And I'm like, this is why I get so excited about bringing this more like academic approach because we need structure we need some regulations because the spiritual community is like the fucking wild west and i was like we can't just like you're there's such a fine line now between white and white and and black magic that most people are always going to be dipping into practices that are very dangerous and this is where um people think they're like channeling a high higher 
you know, like being, and I was like, you're being tricked. Yeah. You're being deceived. And I think like it's, it's people have to, of course, go through their own experiences to learn things, but they need teachers and people like us who can help educate them on a higher That's world. Cool. And this is why we're talking about Edgar Casey, Rudolf Steiner, theosophy, yes. things that actually bring a sense of like practical occultism in a way. Yes. That's my little rant. Well, the, the dark, uh, the, I mean, what was I trying to think about? Certain portals uh, being opened and stuff like that. Like, ah, man, it, it's been right out, but that's okay. Um, that's that usually doesn't happen. I swear this never happens. Uh, uh, let's see here. I was thinking about how, um, basically, in may, maybe I'm getting shot with some kind of like mind block right now. That's interesting. I, I really have no idea why that's happening. Actually, it's really weird. I feel like I feel, I feel like my mind's getting shut down right now. To be full disclosure, that's really weird. Uh, what the fuck? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna. But portal work is something that, and I emphasize I emphasize this to the audience as you're awakening spiritually and you're interested in the occult arts and the sciences. Really take time to understand yourself first before you try to interact with any sort of being. Oh uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Thank you. You reminded me, Jehovah's Witness. I had that. That's what I was trying to think of. I had it. I I have. That's what I was. I knew I was trying to think of something, and I was like, it, it, okay, the Jehovah's Witnesses. One of them just one day. These guys are fucking psychically. Te- these guys are fucking like being told what to do, where to go, like little fucking you know. Uh, and one of these guys just walked right up to me, and I I never call people monsters, but I called this Jehovah's Witness a monster to his face. I didn't, I, and this is pre occult learning and shit. This was like true intuition. Cause I learned the other day from a book called Freemasonry and Catholics, written by a non Freemason, which is like a real trip as I'm a Freemason and a Rosicrucian. And I'm like, oh my God, what's, what's can I talk about this? Ah. So the idea is like certain stuff in there I'm just not going to touch on because I'm not. But the, there's other stuff that talks about Jehovah being the one that took away our ability to be polarized inside of ourselves and made us into either men or um, women to not no longer be part of the genetic. It says that like in this this theosophical tradition, like it was Jehovah himself, which made us no longer be able to be creators in our own selves because these don't want us to be the creator yeah wow indeed so the jehovah and of course final fantasy from whence a cult fan comes final fantasy 8 has the thing called lunatic pandora and all the moon stirs come from the moon and so um final fantasy 7 has a villain called jehovah genova so genetics and jehovah genova yeah. Wow. Oh, the Final Fantasy games are fucking lit, dude. Like, that's, again, where a cult fan comes from. And I feel like those games were, like, written by our brothers in Japan that were trying to, like, ancestors maybe, but mostly brothers in Japan. They got regulations. And, uh, and talking about, like, they were trying to, like, do some good themselves, I think. Unless I'm completely fucked by the dark occult and think I'm helping things. And they're like, ha-ha, the greatest secret is to make everyone happy. And that's the dark. And I'm like, what? You guys suck at dark. That's, that's light. But anyways, I think that I'm completely um, 
hooked into this like intergenerational thing. I think Final Fantasy itself is like a thing that a lot of people can start to use to like tap into a greater awareness if they're looking for like an entertaining way to kind of get exposed to these things. But like at the same time, it's there because it's real. It's there because it's real. It's there because it's real. It's there because this is the most fundamental, useful, and strong stuff in the universe. And if you're trying to be the most fundamental, strong, useful version of yourself, again, I'm repeating now what Caroline said. Right. Yeah, man. It's a real trip to think about how, like, there are these, like, 37 million year periods of time that have actually been occurring. Like, that, like, we can barely think. We're, we have, like, different, like, societies is is this the six thousandth year is this the two thousand <laughs> like or is this like add seven zeros right exactly like souls are billion billions of years old like eons for sure for sure for sure welcome to the midro hey look i'm actually using my professional mic unlike that intro that i did <laughs> It's too funny because I had done so many other in anyways. So that's why the intro sounds like Hollow Man. But yo, check it out. Thank you to Patrick uh, uh, and uh, to also um, Jonathan, uh, both of you. Thank you so much for your contributions to the show for this month so far. 11-11 uh, from each of them. And that's double 11. So thank you so much. I feel like I should have like some gnarly stuff. I'm going to have to really up this game. Like, uh, I, I know how it's done right, so I'm going to have to figure it out as I go. I need a partner for this, but yeah, uh, anytime we get an 11, maybe you get like a nice, uh, since 11-11, uh, so uh, it's one for Patrick and uh, one for, uh, yeah, brother Jonathan, right on. All right, anyways, I'm going to get back into the show. Uh, let's go and ask, uh, how about we, uh, we, sh we transition and start asking some of the questions for the show. You get Alice in my hands, and I'm just in my arms, not my hands, but my arms. Now let's get back into the show, since I wanted to do that for this one. All right. All right, so question number two, Caroline. What's your favorite place in the world? Where is your favorite place? Where, like, is there a beach? Is there a mountain? What's your favorite place? Your favorite magical place? Mm -hmm. That's a really great question because there's, like, a few places that come to mind, of course. My Venus and Gemini loving to travel. Um, I really love Point Doom in Malibu. It's huh. a beach. That is very small. It's very secluded. You normally have to climb over a lot of rocks to get there. I feel like it's kind of an oasis. And I personally have always felt very connected to the ocean. Yeah. We always needed to live by a stream of water or something. So to me, that is probably like my oasis on earth. I feel the most connected to my soul when I'm by the ocean too, which is why I live on the water. <laughs> 
The uh, the uh, the the girl that I was in a relationship with, it was a quite faded one because when we uh, got together, she ended up taking me to my favorite place, which is Nantucket. And, oh, uh, Nantucket. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you de- you definitely have a nice happen in second house if you can if you can say that you've been to Nantucket. Uh, that's that's not a place that people without good second houses can get to. Uh, JJ, uh, the the uh, the the X JJ, whatever. It's um. It's, uh, I was like, uh, re- I was rewarded for whatever she brought me there. She got rewarded because she ended up getting, um, we ended up having an Airbnb that we um, ended up staying at because the Nantucket host was going to let us stay another night, a bonus night for free or something. But uh, it's like old money and German lady. Uh, but uh, she ended up not letting us because like her, uh, her, her um, assistant scheduled something wrong. And so then we found this place uh, to stay that was not supposed to be on Airbnb, but um, it ended up that she got to like live there for at least a year or two. So she got rewarded and she gets to live by the sea, which is one of the more unpleasant things about not being in a relationship with someone who has a nice place right by the sea. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, the uh, ocean for sure. And I've always like, Every time I've traveled, I've been to plenty of different places where there's oceans and water. So I I listened to an album today, by the way, I finished up uh, the other half of Kamakiriad by Donald Fagan and uh, two of the songs on there, Florida Room and On the Dunes. There you go. It's freaking ridiculous. Let's keep going because um, in, in any good uh, podcast, I'm always the one who can out talk the other person. And uh, the original shows, we would go for four hours and we're, we're trying to return to some longer forms, but we're going to wrap it up pretty soon tonight. So that's why uh, you hear me asking these uh, questions or uh, you can always tell when I start asking questions. It usually means the guest is like, ah, and I'm like, oh, it's question time. So let's yeah. see. Number three. Because now I'm definitely not making them up on the spot. Um, what's your favorite tissue box? No, let me try it again. <laughs> see what I mean? Um, so let's see. What's your favorite animal? Uh, a lot of favorite questions. These are fun. These are always fun pop. These are bubblegum, bubble pop, pop bubblegum questions. I ask. Oh my gosh, I love so many different types of animals. The first one that comes to mind is usually the way I, I like to get these things. The intuition ones. Yeah, with tigers then. Like, I want to cuddle with a tiger. I'm so connected to this totem animal of a tiger. Actually, uh, there's a tiger on the back of my sweater right now. I just realized Come on, that. Up, up, up. Let me see. Up. Go, let me see. Oh, wow. Happening. It's like a kimono almost. It is. All right. I have a kimono. Mine, I don't think... If mine has... A, I'll look later. If it has a tiger on it, I'll have a little freak out, but... <laughs> I have a blue kimono. I got it from I got it from people who are like gay swingers in the '70s. So it's a real kimono. <laughs> oh, cool! Um, tigers. I mean, I just I've connected with them more. Like I do because I work so much with, like with the sacral chakra, like the orange. I don't know. Like sometimes I'm always finding, and also for me, like the the combination of being very like gentle yet powerful and frozen. That makes sense. Just like. That is right there, my my Taurus and my Aries energy. In the forests of the night. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, man. Could I could I ask them like what? You, oh, go ahead. What? What's your favorite animal? I mean, lions for me are kind of like so. Like we're in we're that fucking makes sense now that I say it. Like you and me are like, ah, hey. uh, yeah. I love lions. I mean, like I have the Leo thing. I kind of look like a lion. Actually, not kinda. I look like a lion, 
And um, one of the big songs from Final Fantasy VIII, Maybe I'm a Lion. So there's all this stuff. And like one of the ultimate like partners for the um, the main character who was the same age that I was when I played the game and all this stuff fit. You know, of course it did. So I consider myself that character. He has this lion uh, that hangs down from about here. It's almost kind of like this. And it's like that to me signifies my ability to just you know, I like to think of the good king. I was struck by Simba and Mufasa, and I, I consider myself that in society, a lion, a king, a head of the pack, uh, an alpha male with his fucking Mars at the top of the circle. So uh, that's pretty much why I like lions. Besides the fact that I do have a... Um, I don't know. Um, I hope uh, we can. Uh, we don't have to run too too quickly, but quick enough. I, I wonder if you could look at the chart that I have and see if there is something in there that explains why. While I still want a fidelitous single marriage, that I would like to have the arrangement with the wife so that she and I are on the same page. That maybe there's like a lesbian couple who lives in the house next door, and they don't. No, for real, like they don't need to have like. A man with them all that one of them is going to be the man in the relationship for sure because that's just you know there's a man and a woman but like if they want my genetic information that would allow me to have the amount of pride of children that i want so i'm wondering if there's like something in my chart that shows like the desire to have like a lot of kids because my fifth house is like empty so i was like but anyways you don't have to do that right now i just want to bring that up like i wonder if that's in my chart but no, like, that's a really good question too. Like, I mean, yeah, I would look at though also your moon because moon is relationship to your children, and so is Jupiter. Um, I have Jupiter in his joy, but in Capricorn. You know, like, and also, well, your fifth house is Cancer, right? Uh, I think so. Yes, sixth house Leo. Yep. Yes. So Cancer being ruled by the moon, and then your moon in Leo. So there's always going back to. Um, a strong, colorful family life. Ah, uh, and definitely dad, like pumping out lion kids, like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. It's like, Hey, there's a, there's a, there's a female lion and there's a female lion and you know, with, within. And, yeah. And I know like at least the eighth house can represent like pregnancy for a woman. So of course, you know, there's gotta be some aspect to that for a male. If his counterpart is right. and same with Pluto. Wow. No, that's a big one. That's a really good one. That's a really good one. That's a juicy tidbit in this show. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. What's the, what's the male version of a woman in the eighth house having like, cause I have Venus there. Right. It's almost like when your Venus gets activated, it could bring in children hmm. into your life as well as your fifth house. So if we fast forward a few years here, we could see when Jupiter is in Cancer, the South Node maybe. I don't know if the South Node will be in Leo still, but you know when we the nodes in Jupiter always bring in activation. So, huh? Um, I'm trying to pull my chart up now to see what. Ceres is also like that motherly energy, fertility, reproduction. As long as they don't give us the coronavirus shot. She's smiling. It's okay. You don't have to. Um, On no agenda, they would say, that's true. <laughs> Actually, it's so cool. My south note is right on your series. 
So let me, uh, series for me is 25 Taurus. It's right near my North node. Yeah, our nodes are like, so I don't know. That would seem like we're like a really good team because like you got that angle and I got this angle or something like that. I don't know. How would you, I'll ask my last three questions, but uh, how, how does that, like, let's talk a little last about the astrology part. What does that look like? Let's talk about our nodal relation. Absolutely. Because I actually know like a lot of people in your age group who are Taurus North nodes who are very significant in my life. And they it's almost it's personal growth in so many ways on both ends. We're like, like you said, presenting different energies of helping each other release certain things. But because there's such a similar archetype, there's a level of comfort. And almost like in a past life connection, probably as well. I always I say am that. getting that. And I, I am, I am, I know me am seem smart, but sometimes brick tarded am. And I feel it still. I feel like that's like, I don't know how to make sense of that. But yeah, I feel. Yeah. Well, if you think about it too, like, you know, the people that you meet in this life are people you've definitely probably known in another life. We do travel in groups and we do play different roles with each other also to help remember at the end of the day, our soul's essence through different conversations and initiations and everything. So I think like the nodal aspect is like, we're always talking about things about our lives and things we're letting go of and how we can really be supportive to each other through that. Like even just this conversation we're having, we're shedding so much light on our paths and our wisdom and our knowledge so i think that is a big part when you have people who are reversing you know the nodes and it's it's interesting i'll have to kind of think about that because like my pluto also like sits actually my mercury sits right on your north node oh yeah like two degrees okay yeah i noticed something like that you're uh wait so you're saying um yeah wow okay yeah Oh, what's cool is like we met online, Mercury, technology. <laughs> That's true. That's um, true. I think, yeah, so personal growth, like that is so much of what this this axis can carry with nodal, uh, what's the word, aspects. Um, I guess like, uh, let's ask a fourth question. This one will actually be about astrology, uh, strangely enough. Um, what's the, what's the rarest, most weird astrological technique or um trick that you found is actually like a magical little bonus like wow that that's effective and cool like what's the weirdest cool like you know what i'm talking about so what's yeah. that that's the fourth question i love looking at the rulerships okay. like looking at the rulerships of things so um and then the aspects that they make to each other so for instance like your we'll use your descendant as an example your seventh house mm -hmm. is in virgo so the energy of Virgo, of course, explains a lot of what you seek in a partner and what types of people you attract, but also then when you look at Mercury and when you look at the moon, um, those can then point to how you're going to meet certain people, um, you know, the conditions in which you meet certain people and yeah. more of like the aspects of it as well. So rulerships. Huh. Okay. Yeah, that just reminded me that I got the two last questions and then I got a final bit of a topic and then I'll let you go, I swear. Or you can always just hang up the phone. That's that's always you can always just walk away. It's at this point, I understand that we're getting close to the and I'm a zero zero Libra. So good luck getting me to shut up. But the point is, is it won't happen. But um, so I guess like I'll ask the last two questions, but then we want to get into the last part of the show, which is, of course, you're surprised I didn't even ask about it yet. But you know what I'm going to say, right? No, I don't. Okay, cool. That I'll save. It. I'll save it. I'll write it down so I don't forget. Um, 
but okay let's go with the i'll make up these other two questions quickly enough what's your favorite fashion like what's your favorite like type of like foreign fashion that you would like to see incorporated more into our fashion going forward like foreign or what did, did you say foreign or yeah, foreign i guess like there's certain places in the world that definitely have different clothes that aren't just like t-shirts and jeans still so what's some way to upgrade our fashion in your opinion is another way to put that um that's such a good question because i would say i definitely am more of a minimalistic to begin with being more dressing dressing more like a european actually like very neutral colors a lot of structure and investing in pieces that are going to last me a long time and i think actually that right there is what it is i want to see more people create things that are going to last a long time and i me myself actually designing clothes and working and sourcing a garment because I do a thousand things. Um, I want to bring also back how we can blend things like spirituality into expressing our clothes and our expression ultimately. Um, <laughs> what is, hold on, let me tilt this up. It's a shirt that I'm showing. It's a jacket. It's got oh. sparkles. It's the one I'm wearing on Twitter when I'm doing the He Is Risen thing on my Ah, it's beautiful. Well, yeah, the, uh, the, 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 I don't like calling her that. I just, I have such good feeling. It's so weird. The, the relationship trains I've gone through, like she still has me completely cut off from her. As far as I can tell, I haven't checked. Uh, Cause I really don't want to look, but um, I feel like such good things about her. Like it's, it's like you would not, no one involved in the situation could even fucking understand, but like, I want such good things for her. It's, it's bizarre to me almost. Like, it's healing. I, it is good though. It is healing. It is. It's like, I literally want her to have the best wonderful life possible. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a shitty way to do things, but I don't even hold that against her. Like, it's really weird to me to be in this place of love and um, care. And I, I'm very happy for like my soul growth that I'm in this position. And it's just, I'm glad I could express that. But she was like that. She was a Virgo and uh, she was probably right on the descendant or something for me. And uh, she always wore like very plain clothing and stuff, but that was very Virgo. I don't know. I think that's what made me think about it. And that, and she bought that for me, I think. So anyways, the long story short is here's the next question. Okay. What is your favorite weird historical anomaly? Answer that how you will. That's the question. Uh, huh. Mm, I don't know. Weird historical anomaly. Yeah. I could give you an example, but then like all you'd be able to think of is like one or two examples. Like, so I don't want to give you. You start talking. I need to think about this. You share yours first. Oh no, I don't, I don't, I don't have one. Mine, mine's, mine's, mine's not, I can't answer the questions like that. That's the show. The show's nodal. It goes one way when it comes to the questions, but I will give you time. I will ask my, I will ask my, uh, the final thing that I was like, I'm like, I'm surprised that she's not surprised because I've been talking a lot about this and Caroline, uh, we know that you're good at relationship astrology. So I want to ask you about, ah, now, you know, I'm thinking about, trying my best to attract a leo sun girl because i love the vivaciousness and like that's just i think that's my missing thing i've been trying to like date like women sign women and stuff i don't know but like what do you think about me and put this out there people listening get your friends tell you tell your friends and stuff looking for a leo sun with a libra moon 
what do you think that would be for me as like a good would that be a good thing and if that is like the missing piece is like you were talking about like mars and venuses but i'm wondering what the best rising sign because in esoteric astrology like straight up uh the message of the stars by max heindel like i yeah. can't really turn the you know that book uh yeah. he talks about how the rising signs have to be matched on uh male and male i didn't know this but in female and female or else you can't have a kid a woman who has a male rising sign cannot have a child with a man who has a female rising sign according to that rosicrucian take on astrology and i well, did it and i checked it out my dad's a female sign my mom's a female i was like nah dad's got to be my dad's a taurus rising my mom's a cancer rising so they're both female and so I, I, yeah i wouldn't limit it to that either no okay so, um but I yeah, mean, I'm trying to get a Leo and a Libra. Sorry, that was my point. Rising is important because at the end of the day, it also is your seventh house. So it's your first seventh house axis. Um, and it's interesting because like I know so many Libra risings and I know a lot of Aries risings and there's a reason for that. So I, from personal experience, would say that, of course, like a Virgo rising because you also have your Mercury in Virgo and your Juno is in Virgo. So there is that, and I think your vertex is in Virgo too. There's a yes, lot of is. significance of the archetype of Virgo. <sighs> I knew it. But I don't know. This is also kind of has to go back to looking at um, Scorpio rising even, honestly, because of like the trines. Any sort of supportive energy, another water energy, the way like you look and see at the world, you may be bringing in someone who um, is activating certain parts of your chart. Um, okay, so then one last thing would be any of your quadrants. So the fourth and the 10th house. So what is your fourth house is Gemini. Gemini. Yep. Gemini and Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. Also those, because I like from personal experience, I know a lot of Cancer Risings and also Capricorn Risings because they're activating the uh quadrants in my chart so i'm thinking that the scorpio would be i wanted water for the trying yeah. with my pisces i've take it for what it was i am actually very sold maybe just because it's in it's my hang up i am very sold on the idea of that children have to come from the female female or the male male that's just my hang up but i you know it seems like once i saw my because uh, i called bullshit on it and then it came true so i was like yeah but you know i might still be wrong i i know that but I, I, that's why I'm thinking like Virgo or Scorpio would be good with the mutable yeah. and the fixed though. I don't know, but um, yeah, I thought about that. I was thinking either um, cancer or uh, Taurus would be good for the rising. But I mean, I just, the reason I'm doing this is because I want, I believe in that, like the, the, the sun mixed with the moon and the moon mixed with the sun, like that X crossover is like, to me, seems like things that yeah. like rip into each other, like Velcro or like nails and wood does that make sense yeah definitely and a lot of and sun moon aspects are beautiful too especially i know people in relationships who have the sun moon conjunction um i don't know the funny thing is, is i don't know that many aries suns i have yet to meet them um i uh yeah i don't uh it's an aries son's birthday today john c dvorak i don't know what else yeah, we're both we're, we're she and I are both on our way out of the show tonight. So, what's your favorite historical animal? Wait, an, an amoeba? Oh my god, my writing. Um, a historical animal. Huh? Ask that... me. I don't know. Like, in terms of thinking three, like so many. You really got me with this question. 
Oh, it's a good last question. Mm, throughout time. Well, hold on. The, the thing's skipping for a second. Give it a second to slow down. Sorry. Try it again. Can you hear me now? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yes. No, I can hear you. Man, I don't know. I really like kind of stuck on this. I'm so used to smoking weed that like I'm like Three. looking. Sorry, it keeps skipping. Past lives. Is... I'm going oh, through no. past lives. Um, you yeah, know, I'm thinking of so many inconsistencies that we have right now. <laughs> you can use I modern keep... ones. You can use yeah, modern. Like, honestly like what's coming to mind and i think maybe this is something because i'm passionate about teaching in, in spirituality and bringing more structure to it is like all these like pagan traditions that have gotten so hijacked and distorted and i feel like we've got all these people running around saying that they're like witches and doing all these rituals but have no clue that they're actually doing black magic <laughs> Yeah. It's just like so weird. And I think like sometimes things are so inconsistent or we like just that peculiar outlook that I'm like, have you, you know, this, this goes back to this critical thinking of like, where did you get this idea? Who started this trend? Mm -hmm. Who's the leader? Um, you know, I think of it more from like that cult perspective. Yeah. Well, it's also like with energy too, in the occult, it's thinking about who feeds from this. Right. Cause like, Right. Yeah, the value for value system is based on like no money from China. Oops, geez, we're having we're starting to have some really crazy technical issues here. So it's definitely getting time to wind it down. But um, yeah, no, it's um, it's it's no money to China and stuff like that. For example, on no agenda, which is really good, and it's the same thing with like um the occult, like you know the like in a Catholic uh, church, for example, the you know the the masses feed the priests and the priest class feed into the upper class and that's why the pape the poop the pope is at the top of the poop is at the top of the the, the top of the pile of the kids sorry now right. i'm making jokes about child you know pedophilia because we had cardinal law in boston so anyway speaking of cardinal and uh my justice nature yeah no um there's a lot of uh, dark jokes that I'm making right now, but I also did get sent to a Jesuit high school for a little bit. So a Jesuit boarding school. So maybe I have a beef that I'm addressing or maybe it's a different maybe, life. Yeah. They, uh, you've heard the Jesuit, of course, uh, oath inside Congress where they talk about some really nasty shit. But uh, now I'm just getting down the pipeline and I'm just blaming the Jehovah Witnesses and the Jesuits for our, for our, for our computer problems. And I'm just joking at this point. So, um, yeah, um, besides noticing that Aries is a sire and it's on the crown, um, if that makes any sense, uh, I, I guess that uh, no, I, we covered Edgar Casey a little bit. Well, we'll have plenty to come back to talk about what we did cover. Uh, Juno, we mentioned in that. And uh, I did get to ask you about my Leo son, the Libra moon. Uh, didn't get to talk about spicy Venus, but we kind of did. And uh, yeah, I think we did a great job tonight. So is there anything else that you want to uh, impart to the audience or uh, give them some uh, places where they can reach you, the stuff that you're working on and links to your show and stuff like that? Or yeah, your, your absolutely. Site? This has been great. We could talk for hours. Like there's so much astrology I'd love to go deeper into. Um, yeah, you can follow me on my website, thespiritualempath.com. I'm on Twitter under Caroline Empath. On Instagram, on um, the spiritual empath as well. So, 
I'm here to be a guide. I love talking about just about anything and everything with, in terms of the spiritual world, accessing higher worlds. Just, I'm always uh, an open book for sure. So yeah, and relationships are a very big focus for me and sacred romance, sacred intimacy, bringing back those teachings of, you know, helping people work through relationships. And as we're ascending here on earth so much, we're seeing relationship cycles shift very rapidly and it's something that I like, I like to help people work through. Mm. Um, obviously it's part of my soul's experience here on earth. So it's a combination of my own lessons and experiences as well as all the information that I'm bringing down. So, well, I mean, like love is the most important thing to like almost everything in the end, like exactly. That, that's, it that's is. really yeah. it. It is love and devotion and what it means like to hold space for people and how we can bridge the gap between the earth and the cosmos and harness that high, high love. And, yeah, and to I actually live. To be taught what love really is. Well, I, and that's that we come from like, there's so many people who like stop at the level. It's like, oh, well, we're just fucked up adults raised by fucked up adults who are children. And, blah. and it's like, okay, yeah. look, dude. There's always a time to just flip the switch and change that around. Just because you, exactly. your, because your dad and mom didn't do it right, doesn't mean that you have to keep doing it. It's time for if you realize that it's time for you to step into doing it right. You're you're on point. That's exactly it. All right, Caroline. Thank you so much for being on the Six of Swords. This has been very. It's has been as wonderful as we thought it would be. Yeah, this has been a blast. I have had so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And uh, thank you all for listening to the Six of Swords, the show about art, spirituality, and healing. It's a value for value role-playing game show. So in this case, whatever value you get, turn it into a meaningful number. If the show is worth $5 billion to you, God bless you, send it right away. And if it's a little bit less than that, that's whatever amount you can get in. And uh, yeah, occultfan.com, hit the donate button. Thank you so much for listening to the Six of Swords. Ending at least with the... Uh the fancy recordings like the Metro. So thank you so much for listening to the Six of Swords. This is a show about art, spirituality, and healing. It's an awesome show about it, I think. Uh, I'm a little uh, biased, of course, but um, if you ask me... Yeah, man. It's a freaking great show. And we had a wonderful guest tonight. And I'm looking forward to having even more wonderful guests. If you have someone that you feel uh, would be great for a show... Uh, either a six of swords or a six of cups oh hey now you can uh make sure you let me know by uh just donating to the show sending a note in those will get uh if you have a note that you want to get read to uh you can get that read on the show and uh if you're a convert from uh no agenda to mofax and now to here you are a namosos i think it is namosos and if you go in the other end it's a sos namo and other such things and all those things so Thank you so much for listening to SOS, or Six of Swords, Save Our Souls. I hope we can, because with the faith in the divine and with the good works that make the divine realized, we truly, we truly surely can, will overcome in these times. Our souls do evolve. The Lord does provide. We are surrounded by angels, we holy ones and ones who choose to walk the path of divinity, of light, of freedom, of courage and perseverance and dignity. That is what this country was founded upon, and we will see when the Pluto returns, the reforming of that. The ones who are vile and violent and vehemently vicious will fall away. They will fall under our feet. 
We will trot upon them with the light of liberty with uh, in our eyes. We will overcome. We will overcome. We will overcome. This ain't no fluffing around now. So that's what I said. I want to be part of any group that sticks to that. And I believe in Brother George Washington. I believe that he would further the interests of freedom. I believe that right now. If I'm proven wrong, then God darn. And I do not want that. But I only want the truth. And if it is the truth, which I feel it is right now, I hope to walk in his footsteps. I truly do. I hope to be the best I can possibly be for this world. I hope you understand that about me. So much misunderstanding, even with the ones we love. Is there so much hate for the ones we love? Tell me we both really matter. That's why I say give Brits guns, too. We all in this together. I'll start local first, because all politics, right? And I'm from Massachusetts. We are going to overcome. And I am grateful that you were listening to a show that is part of that, that I feel is both efficacious interesting well done and freedom based it's got all of the all of the ingredients to make it great and i hope that you enjoy it you can uh share it with others we're still going to figure out all these things no agenda is the no agenda is the template i'm gonna i'm gonna make it mine as much as i can <laughs> with all the honor that i can say to them again you guys know that john and adam by this point you should know if you're listening that there's some weird good good weird karma his John's son's born on the same day as I am, and both of them are born a week from each of my parents. And it's just what it is. Well, we are now getting uh, close to two hours, and I'm going to go till 2.29, because I like that number. It's what I made a bad robot daycare. It's uh, 42 uh, minutes and 9 seconds, split into two, so it's 20.20, right? 20 minutes and 20 seconds. And then it's also a 20-minute uh, and 22-minute uh, and 9 second. So you add it all together, I think it gets you to 42, uh, 09, which is a 69. I think I did all that math. I'm on point. It's, it's, it's 922. It's my birthday, so it's the whole thing. So I guess some closing reflections. Uh, you know, these are, uh, these, uh, these are really interesting times. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited than ever, even though I'm going through more emotional things uh, with just dealing with my country song of a past, like, you know, girl like blocks you on valentine's day and then you know the angels are with me because molly mccord came out later with a video really weird that she just randomly says i'm thinking of an example of ghosting and if you ghost no matter what your excuses are says molly you need to face yourself you know so i still haven't been able to heal fully because the person just cut me out you know what i'm saying and that sucks i can't fucking do shit about that i, I resist looking at old things very well. I want to move into the future. I want my Leo girlfriend with a Virgo rising with the Libra moon. And I want a family together. I want to, I want to be with someone I can trust who doesn't, you know, so discord. And I'm not going to speak any further because no one's perfect. I, I am certainly uh, responsible for my fair share of events in this world. And uh, it is only becoming for me to own my own highest behavior. And I hope that y'all can see that I'm just trying to live the life that I live. So I won't tell you what to do. I'll be the way that I expect others to be in this world. And I will damn well only have the best in my circles and spheres. Thank you so much for listening to the Six of Swords. I'm going to play it out, Sam. So y'all see you on the next one. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to the Six of Swords.